Hey there, giant space worm. Couldn't help but notice you sitting on the other side of this space bar. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's really funny. That's really funny of you. You know, I, I saw this movie recently. Oh, you know, you know the one I'm talking about. Oh my god, uh, people ask you about this often then. I, I'm so sorry. Oh, you, you don't mind? Well, then I hope I'm not too forward in, in saying that I'd... I'd like to make love to you. Come here, you big ol' space worm. I want to see if I can fit your whole body inside of me. Man, these intros, they just keep getting weirder and weirder, huh? I am your magnificent host, Kyle Seeley, and this is not film school. You're up for a fantastic episode today. My uh, my guest is Will Podorf. Uh, he's a, a Boston comedian, illustrator, podcaster. The, the list of shit goes on. He, he's a really cool dude. And I will be honest, I was a little bit nervous having him on because of the amount of shit that he knows about movies. Because <laughs> he was going to make me look like an ass. And he does. But in a good way. We're all we're, we're friends. It's, it's good. Um, to be specific, he, uh, he works on a podcast called Slanted Hallway. Uh, he writes for that podcast, acts in that podcast. Uh, if you find you're a fan of him from this episode, go and check that podcast out. It's got a lot of great humor, and it's uh, strongly influenced by things like the Twilight Zone, like little uh, anthology stories. It's a hoot. You need you need to listen to it. At least one episode. Just give it a shot. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Otherwise, uh, you can check out his art at Will Podorf, uh, literally at sign Will Podorf, uh, W-I-L-L. P-O-T-T-O-R-F-F uh, on either Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. So look him up, subscribe to his stuff, check out his art. You're not going to be disappointed by that either. It's fantastic. Uh, the film that we're going to be talking about today is called Galaxy of Terror. Uh, it is prime B-film smut. It's trash. It's disgusting. Uh, if you watch it, you're going to hate having watched it. And then you're going to talk about it a whole lot, which is exactly where B-Films should be. Um, it's got Sid Haig, who plays Captain Spaulding from uh, Rob Zombie, the Rob Zombie films, like House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, it's got Robert England, who is Freddy Krueger. It's got Roger Corman, who is a famous B-Film producer. Uh, and then it's got uh, James Cameron as a co-director. So you got the guy that literally did Avatar uh filming or directing <laughs> for a movie that has worm rape in it and i yeah like i know how it sounds but trust me it's not triggering it's not horrible you're not gonna walk away from this movie being like oh my god like you're gonna feel gross in the right way you know like that's that's the the line the b films dance you're gonna feel gross but it's gonna be okay and the best part is that you don't actually have to watch it you can just listen to this entire conversation i think we did a pretty thorough well, the thing is, with this conversation, we don't actually talk too much about the film. We talk kind of like around the film, which is, in my opinion, my favorite episodes. Uh, we don't get deep into the plot. There really isn't a, a good plot to get deep into. So, yeah, this is an episode that you can totally listen to. You don't have to worry about the film. You could go your entire life without ever seeing the film. And Will Potter would actually urge you not to watch this film. He He says that good people don't watch films like this. So if you're good people, don't watch it. I command you. You know what good people do do, though? Do do. Is they listen to the band Pup. P-U-P. -P, Pup. 
I was listening to the pup the other day and I had me thinking I, I was in the middle of a panic attack while I was listening to them, which is the best time to listen to pup because pup is like when you're having a panic attack and you're freaking the fuck out and it's been like an hour and you're still your heart rate's not going down. And you're just talking really fast and, and just bitching about fucking everything. And then you get to that point where you're like self-aware of it. So you start bitching at yourself about bitching so much and then you start to laugh. But you're, you're definitely still panicking. You're not out of the panic, but you're having kind of a good time. Kind of. I don't know. I can't really explain it, but but yeah, you're freaking out, but it's fun. But you like it's not like in 10 minutes, it's going to be back to just freaking out and not being fun. But there that that one moment of time where you're self-conscious and you're like, no, this is funny. I'm laughing at myself. That's their lyrics. That's their music presence. That's their whole fucking vibe. Um, and for some people like Pup is very popular, actually. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there that are probably going to like know who Pup is already. And they're going to be like, oh, well, that's a good suggestion. Uh, but for the people that are uninitiated and have never listened to Pup, I have just given you a gift, a magnificent gift. Go listen to them, please. After, after the episode, of course. Okay. Goodbye. There you go. All right. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the weekend. Honestly, it's all just in the intro, you know, and that's, hey, that's the best kind of formula. When you got to stick to structure, put in the beginning and then the rest, I'm down. Yep. Yeah, structure, just like the intros to these episodes. Mm. That's, that's what Will was talking about. Mm. Oh, we're recording now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did it. Will introduced my show. I made him introduce my show just now. He was talking oh. first. Oh no! Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he said oh. he wouldn't. No, I didn't want to step all over your dick. I, I, th- yeah. I just, I went through that with you earlier, just about just, coming on I your just, show. I don't want to be that guy. Just step all over your dick, man. This is your show, and I, I'm let you introduce it. I'll let, you, I'll allow you to introduce your own show. I'm just a step on my dick kind of guy. That's who I am. I, I vie for that, you know. And like, I appreciate that, but it is also like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Well, I kind of, I made you do it. It's, there's some, there's some, yeah, there's something uncomfortable here. Some uncomfortable chemistry where I'm making you do things you don't want to do. I, I, it's fine. You know, it really is fine. Like, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not going to judge how you run things. All right. Already uncomfortable. Like, I understand. I'm not comfortable <laughs> right now in my own skin. I should be. Oh, as a life. Why? As a life thing, like, it's actually okay. unrelated. I guess I'm I'm going off on a tangent. You know, I didn't go to bed until like 4 a.m. last night. Could you believe that? Jesus shit? Christ! I know. I am like, yeah. Thank. Thankfully, this is like this isn't a video. Like you're not posting up any video like anywhere, right? With this show and oh, stuff. I, yeah, yeah. Did I you am. do video? Oh, okay. Because no. you will no, see the bags just under my eyes. It is like nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't. I don't want to let people like I don't want to have people think that there's a video version. There isn't. I don't. Oh, OK. It's too much of a pain in the ass. But, yeah. Why, why um, would you do it, too? Especially for a thing where we're talking about movies and stuff. Yeah. If, I mean, at best, I would put like, you know, video clips in the background. I don't fucking know. It's just it's too much work. Yeah, because it's like I, I, I love I love that Anthony, you know, he's got Muckville where it, it has that. You know, it's like it's odd. He he puts out a podcast, but it's really just kind of like a Twitch show. So there is a video component to I. I don't know. It's like there's pros and cons with that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I do just you know when I'm working, I prefer just like podcast years. You know, 
It's yeah. good. Simple. Yeah, he, he kicks ass though. He, he like the amount of like the amount of content that he's putting out on a regular basis, and then the production quality of his show in general is very impressive. Yes, but also disgusting. I think he's a disgusting <laughs> individual, and um, I've been invited so many times on his show, and uh, I show up, and it's just like you know what? Every time I'm just like spitting on his floor out of disgust. Yeah, fuck Anthony. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. <laughs> even, I wouldn't even fuck Anthony. Don't fuck it's Anthony. Disgusting. Stay away from him. Well, he's a married yeah. man, so don't. That's you know. Is he actually married? But, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he. He's engaged. He keeps on saying my wife. Like on the show, it bothers me because I don't think he's actually married. Because I'm engaged. We got engaged roughly the same month and stuff. Like to my lovely fiance. But I'm not going around saying like, oh, my wife. You know, it's like it's not. We're not there yet. Okay. Yeah. It's like right after your first open mic, you say, I am a, a comedian. This is my identity now, you know? No, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. It's like, that is like, I just made out with a woman. We're obviously married now. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not the thing. No. God damn it. <laughs> Drives me nuts with that. I didn't want to talk about <laughs> I don't mean to be shitting on Muckville or Anthony. I'm just like. That is just the one thing that really does bother me every time I watch this. It's like, she's not your wife yet. You didn't get married. I'm not your best man. What the hell, Anthony? <laughs> oh, I actually listen to his show, too. I like his show. But oh, I uh, love, never, yeah. never, never the whole thing. I can never get through the whole thing. It's like three, four hours. Yeah, it's nuts. It's also like, it's always crazy to be a guest on Muckville because it's like, I really have to say goodbye to my fiance and like, drive over and it's just like this is gonna be this is my day this is like eight eight hours of just like you know just recording and it, it, it's not it's nuts he's a, he's a maniac for doing it but i love it word all right so we're talking about uh yeah speaking of making people do things they're uncomfortable with oh yeah uh, we're talking about galaxy of terror pretty this is will's suggestion it's a pretty good suggestion i liked it i've seen this before actually hmm. uh i used to go to this place in you actually might have performed there. I know Jay performed there and Josh Day performed there. Um, mill number five. Mill number five. I've never performed there actually, but I, I have heard of it. Yeah, there's a theater where they have like like actual movies and films. They had, they were gonna have a twenty four month before uh, COVID shut everything down. So they're legit, mm. and they have all different kinds of acts. But every single Wednesday night at like seven thirty, they do a free showing of just straight up B films. Like I. Some of the movies I don't think you could even find. That's how like obscure the movies were, and this was one of them. And yeah, I, it's much more. It's a better movie than I thought it was going to be. But a strong condition was that I had to turn on subtitles mm. because I like I feel like the audio track was like ridiculously quiet, annoyingly quiet. Did you da- did you download the movie or? Uh... Yeah, I uh, well no, sorry, um, I bought it off of Google Play. Not bought it, rented it. Oh, okay, okay. That's interesting, because, like, uh, I don't know, uh, I, I, I think I watched it, I can't remember where I watched it exactly, I think it might have been on Shudder, because they'll just, like, sometimes they'll just throw a lot of um, Roger Corman exploitation, just kind of uh, B-movies up there. I don't know, it also might have just been on HBO, and that's how I saw it, which was probably the most pristine way you could ever watch a film like that, which is like, you know, and I'm not being dismissive. It just kind of, it is, uh, you know, definition of a B movie. It's a Roger Corman produced horror sci-fi film, 
with reused yeah. footage from other <laughs> Roger Corman, you know, sci-fi horror films. Did he actually reuse his own footage in this? This is a fascinating history of um, this movie is the fact that it it is one of... So originally, a lot of the space battle footage is just from this movie called uh, Battle of the Galaxies, I think, or Battle of the Stars, or Battle Beyond the Stars. I think that's the yes. full title. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one that's currently on uh, Tubi, if you want to watch it for free with commercials or whatever. And that's the one that has all the space battle footage that not only did he reuse for Galaxy of Terror, he reused it for another sci-fi horror film that's ripping off a bunch of other sci-fi horror films. Uh, he reused it for Forbidden the, the Forbidden Planet, I think it's called. All of his names sound like a, a Misfits song. Yeah, it really is one of those... Uh, I don't know. That's Corman to a T where it's just kind of like, yeah, it's generic. It says, uh, yeah, yeah, space, terror, boom. Yeah, there you got your movie. You know, it's like, just get it out the door. Let's make some money. I don't know. I I, I love a lot of like, uh, you know, his approach to filmmaking. And also just he's worked with everyone. So it is fascinating. I, I, just of a career that I'm always interested in. I don't know. Out of like all the B movie dudes, he's always one that's just kind of has a little bit more prestige because it's like, Oh, yeah, if you wanted to start your career in Hollywood, you would have to go through Corman. You know, it's like, and literally everybody has worked with him. Martin Scorsese, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, James Cameron. Like, the list literally goes on where it's like, oh, yeah, like Jack Nicholson got to start working on a Corman film. It's like, it's nuts, you know? Fuck. Yeah. After everything I read, I was like, yeah, this guy's cheap as fuck. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think that's part of the appeal for sure. I don't know. And that's also, like, why I wanted to talk about the movie, too, was the fact that, like, it's a perfect B-movie in my head because it's got... I don't know, like, uh, what's your research say, though? Uh, Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff. Um, it Actually, there's more stuff than I could fit. Like, I'm, I ran out of pages in my notebook, and I was <laughs> just like, I just can't fit all this shit. There's so much shit. Uh, it's, which is a quality B-movie thing, because there's, there's all sorts of... Because now we have everything like computer animated and like James Cameron worked on this, um, which I guess, yes, you true. know, but James Cameron in the back of my head, like the first exposure I ever had to him was Avatar. So whenever you'd say the name James Corman, sorry, not James Corman, uh, Robert uh, Corman, Roger James Cameron. Cameron, James Cameron, whenever you'd say James Cameron, my brain would just be like Avatar, blah. like I'd, I'd have kind of like a gag reflex because of the commercialism of Avatar. So I just have this uh, this weird presupposition that if James Cameron is involved, then like, blah. Uh, but then through research of this, I was like, oh, fuck, he's responsible for Terminator. Uh, and then reading up on everything he did in this movie for special effects, I was like, holy shit, this guy is wicked cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Cameron in general, too, um, mainly because he is uh, that's the thing. It's like yeah, it really it is a big love hate thing, mainly because it is like oh yeah he came from that world of low budget schlock exploitation kind of B movie that that whole world he came he's born out of that world he kind of like he took the time to master every one of like the depart there's a lot of that stuff too like we could get into James Cameron just in general like I, I know like all the stuff just about like how he really trained himself to 
know how to work the camera. Uh, a lot of, I mean, like he knows how to do the lighting. He knows how to do the sound and stuff. And like, he even isn't talented illustrator. So he actually does a lot of like his own storyboards and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's nuts. Uh, you can even like look up storyboards of uh, the Terminator drawn by him, which I never knew. And I was like, kind of like, oh, he's, he's a fairly decent illustrator. The only issue I have with him is he's a complete asshole, which, you know, <laughs> it's the biggest, uh, I don't know. That's at least that's what I, I've, I, cause I've like, I've had people who kind it's it, one of those weird things where it's like, I know illustrators who have secondhand friends who have worked under him on like, you know, movie projects and stuff. And it's just like, they, they literally just have like nothing good to say. And I, I kind of, I'm always on the fence with him where it's just like, yeah, he's a prick, but he did make Terminator. And like, I think he's very talented and this, this, and this way, and, like, blah, blah, blah. But they're, they're just... Yeah, Terminator turned into its own uh, money-making machine, though, in the same kind of gross way that Avatar did, you know? Well, it just... I actually... I think it just kind of, like... I, I love Terminator because it just kind of, like, started its own... It, it was born out of, like, you know, B-movie schlock and kind of got elevated because it was just so well put together. But it just kind of gave birth to a billion just shitty little B movies because it's like, we'll just do the Terminator. Like there's literally so many of those like uh lady Terminator, Russian Terminator. Uh, <laughs> what was it? Alienator. Uh, there's like uh, all these like terrible films. Are those actual names? Yeah, no, no. I'm just li- like, look them up. They're fantastic. Uh, <laughs> kind of. But it's like, yeah, no, it just it it opened the door in the same way that like Conan the Barbarian, when that got released, it was like this sort of touchstone for all these different film productions to be like, you know, oh, we could do that, too. We like, you know, we can make a cheap um, thing. You have a fake sword. Let's just go out in the woods and shoot something. That's the thing. It's like the woods exploitation films. The funny thing about this movie and then it's just in general, Roger, uh, Roger Corman. Yeah. Um, yeah. With Battle Beyond the Stars, uh, which James Cameron was also a part of, he pretty much stole a whole lot from, uh, I think, Star Wars in particular. Mm. So it was pretty much like the knockoff, like as Galaxy of Terror is a knockoff of Alien, quote unquote, Battle Beyond the Stars is a knockoff of Star Wars, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Basically. And that's kind of like, that is always the thing with um, a lot of exploitation films. There usually are just kind of knockoffs of what's hip, what's popular right now. Uh, Star Wars, there we go. We'll just do that, you know, but cheaper and more Italian. Like, that's the thing. There's, like, <laughs> just so many Italian ripoff films that are not... Like, have you ever seen, like, uh, I think it's called Space Chasers? No, no, no. What is it? Star... <sighs> I think it's star blast where it's like this it came out literally a year later and it's this big italian ripoff kind of uh you know star wars clone but it's got like oddly enough like christopher Plummer in one of his first movie roles real nuts to see just a young christopher Plummer in this like bizarre star wars knockoff along with um i can never really remember it's like she's an italian uh model Slash, slash actress who just shows up in everything in the 70s. Um, 
Yeah, I'll never remember it. But she's in it too. It's like kind of like you got some sort of big names in there in this like just essentially a Star Wars ripoff. And it's always I, I kind of love that. You know, it's so yeah. I think it's like a lot of these films kind of like they take away a little bit of the magic of, you know, filmmaking in that. You know what I mean? I, I, I think that these movies take away from the magic of filmmaking. Or maybe it's adding to it. I'm trying to articulate this thought in the sense that it's like it kind of takes away from the mysticism of filmmaking. That's like when I describe like a lot of uh, illustrating to people and stuff like that. There's a lot of like times I'll get like approached by, uh, you know, non-artists and they're always like, I can't believe you can put this together. It's like it's insane. I have no idea how you do it. And it's like. I, I, I sometimes do just kind of like, no, no, it's really, you just kind of start with the sketch and, do, you know, I, I hold their hand. And I think it's like when you look at a lot of these exploitation films, for me, it is like this weird comforting thing of like, oh, okay, I, I get it. They had $10,000 and a weekend and they just kind of went out there and they did this, this and this. And it's like, that's always kind of very like admirable and sort of like, oh, no, all right. That's, that's actually wonderful how that worked, you know, that worked out. I don't know. Yeah, I think it depends on the person because like what you're saying is exactly where I vibe with mm-hmm. where I did Phantasm. I covered Phantasm and yeah. in my research for that, I forget his fucking name, too. But the guy uh, that, that was directing it or where uh, was producing it, uh, he got he, he got the funding by a loan from his dad or something. Yeah, and yeah. he did the bulk of production and saved a fuck ton of money by renting a camera on Friday so that they wouldn't have to return it until Monday. And then he would just repeat that every single weekend. And then when you hear sh- like harebrained shit like that, it's just it's amazing to know what went into these films. And I think that like Galaxy of Terror specifically, like as I was watching the movie, I was like this set design is ridiculously cool. And uh, like there's all sorts of little details where you're like they're universe building in a stupid way that I think is awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very like it's very strange like that where it is like obviously on the surface, it is just like an alien ripoff. But then it is like there's all these like little details that just sort of sneak their way in there that are fucking nuts and like kind of in some spots really don't work, nor do they make sense. But it is like an interesting attempt to kind of like we're building a mystery and a world and it's like it's a little bit more like, okay, we're starting with Alien, but what are the aspects that we can push without like you know like having a guy in a suit like mind you there's a guy in a suit for sure in this a few times and there's a lot of there are alien creatures but it is interesting in like its execution and uh no it just kind of reminds me of like uh you ever watch that like canon documentary um canon films documentary there's a thing where it's like they talk about in that film where like canon films would make these films uh these movies where it was like the intersection of a bunch of ideas that necessarily don't always work, but when they kind of do, it's always like fun and weird and fascinating of a, it's never like, you're not bored watching one of those films. It's not like a drawn out, like, Oh, we're going to, but there's enough kind of like, and that's what I love about this film too. There's enough kind of like, weirdness going on that i'm like uh it, it never it never bores me every time i watch it 
that said, there are some extreme problematic things in the movie, but I guess yeah. we will get into that. Well, the first, well, I was thinking of this earlier. Um, when you were saying that, like, like one movie, like Terminator, Terminator broke the yeah. bank for a whole bunch of other shitty sci-fi movies to kind of just try to fill in the blanks. Yeah, Alien kind of did that for science fiction initially. Is what I was hearing. Like, Alien was like one of the first because people were used to like in like the around like the fifties and sixties of like just shitty fluff like space films that weren't serious. Nobody had to take them seriously. You could just go and watch them as like a midnight flick or something. And nobody really took science fiction seriously, which made the genre kind of fun where you get Flash Gordon. Yeah. Flash Gordon's who I think of when I think of just like complete pulp science fiction. Yeah. And yeah. So with uh, Alien, Alien started this whole precedent for sci-fi to start being like serious and have like grit and like reality, like realism, kind of like what the Dark Knight did for comic book movies. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's safe to uh say like i think it is like just in general sci-fi in the 70s did go away in a major because it was just kind of like i don't know like i i always like i think the the biggest one is always star wars i think kind of did set the trend for especially the end of the decade uh coming out in 77 and all that that kind of really opened up the door like oh we could do sci-fi again and then like aliens in 79 was kind of like yeah, but we could also be a little bit grittier and like have some, you know, because I think they're both in that gritty kind of territory of like a junk future aesthetic uh, that just, you know, then would just get repeated so much in the 80s and stuff where it's just like, you know, Cyborg Man. I don't know if that's a movie or not, but it should be. But yeah, you know, Blade Runner and all those other like they kind of just kind of ran with that aesthetic and that kind of you know the the genre definitely came back then because otherwise like sci-fi in the 70s it just it was kind of desperate and all over the place where it's like you'd have interesting things like logan's run that was kind of like wild and sort of like ah, oh, what's this about all right it's a it's a little it's also very horny i mean like a lot of that like uh zardos zardos is very uh psychedelic weird sci like 70s sci-fi and then like um uh, sean connery right yeah 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 zed um (laughs) john borman directed that too which is nuts that's such a weird film (laughs) yeah it's like uh it's up there it's uh i don't know that's one of those like it's so bad it's good kind of things it's like eh, i i don't know it it, it's all over the place for me but that said like it wasn't until i think Star Wars and Alien, it was like, oh yeah, the, the genre is kind of back, and um, more importantly, it's commercially something that people could invest in. You know, like, oh yeah, like uh, I mean, for the studios especially, they were like, oh, we, you know, we got ourselves can make money off of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The two the two things um, that come to mind with what we're talking about though is uh, the first thing is all of the shitty like one off details this is that this movie seems to have like weird universe building like there's a religion the guy that uh, Captain Spaulding he's like I only I live and die by the crystals yeah it seems like a religious thing and he's like refusing guns which is weird seems like a universe building thing and then you've got kind of Jedi's because people are psychic for some fucking reason and that's yeah. it's it's thorough throughout the movie so it didn't piss me off. But it was kind of a weird, like, universe thing. And then, like, so pretty much all of these little weird details are 
very likely thrown in there to appeal to investors so that they're like no there's a deep universe between the like behind this movie so that movies like alien and star wars that have that level of detail in the plot like this they're trying to hold this up to that standard because those set a standard for this to try to emulate and instead it's just kind of shitty and tacked together you know yeah and it's funny you say investors because like a big part of especially a lot of these like new world pictures deals especially for corman a lot of it was like a lot of these foreign investors who were just kind of like we want this this and this in the movie okay put that in the movie like legally like they would write that out in their contracts Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Put yeah, this like, in legally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it. It was that thing. I, I, I. It's a, just a fascinating thing where it's like, oh yeah, you have to have this, this, and this. Everything else, whatever. So it was like they could just get like this weird blank check. They just kind of had to like, okay, let's tick off the boxes, and then we can, you know, we could do. Let's have all this stuff, you know, that they want, but we can also have our glowing head emperor man he's <laughs> a god or like i don't know but he's talking to an old witch space okay uh and like yeah and then it's like oh there's sid haig and like freddy krueger before he was freddy krueger running around you know robert england which is not that's the other thing too it's just like weird like you got like two big horror guys in there before there were big horror guys running around in this like oh well you know I don't know. Yeah, I got, you got uh, what's his name? Um, Sid Haig doesn't yeah. even have any lines. The one line that he has is "I live and die by the crystals," and, and then he, he cut off. He his dies arm. by the crystals. <laughs> he just get killed by the crystals. Yeah, he but lived because, and died by them because he had fear. Though that's the whole thing. Don't have fear because Freddy Krueger's there. I mean, Robert England. Yeah, that's a very eighty sentiment. It's like uh, there's nothing to fear but fear itself, kind of shit. That's the thing. It's like it is like a weird. I always think that too when I watch it, and I, I see Robert England, and it's just like, oh yeah, right. It's all in their heads. It's a, a fear illusion sort of thing. Oh, and then and it's like, like his thing. Yeah. After after uh, yeah, Freddy Krueger. Like it's, I think the fourth one. That's pretty much the. That's how they officially like defeat him. The girl's just like, oh wait, I don't need to be afraid. I shouldn't be afraid. And then <laughs> Freddy Krueger's like, wait no be afraid and then he like melts just because she's not afraid well she's the dream master this is the thing alice is the dream master in part four she collects all the other dream warriors powers to use it against freddy krueger and she joins forces with freddy krueger's uh mother who is a nun who is raped by a thousand maniacs and stuff and amanda krueger is her name and Alice and her team up to destroy Freddy Krueger in the fourth film. You know, that's I don't mean to be once again, not stepping on your dick. I'm just saying that's just the lore. And yeah, you sh- I have you I have one Blu-ray. I have one Blu-ray collection of Freddy Krueger, like the Nightmare Element. Like I, I brought the one box set to your your collector's edition special. Set oh, it's worth it's of okay. knowledge. It's okay. So I'm sorry. I defer. No, no, no. I defer completely too. By the way, I feel like as far as B films go, or in general, like horror, like everything I know about you, you probably completely take the cake, and I am just a, a tourist. No, no, so, it's all good. I mean, everybody I, knows. 
I, I will say, like, I obsess over this stuff in a way that's, like, not healthy, slash, um, I probably should be learning a, a, a new language, um, how to do my taxes properly. There's a lot of other life things I should be really, you know, gleaming, but I could just list off, like, you know, like, oh, every film that came out in 1981, that's like a Roger Corman ripoff thing. You know, it's like, it's just... The important thing is that you've got a wife... And you've got, oh, sorry, Beyonce. you've got an, Beyonce. Beyonce. and you've got an apartment and you've got a job. You got those three things. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, Watch what I do on the, we- yeah, what I do on the weekends, fuck you. I don't care. You know? <laughs> but, uh, no, I love this stuff. This stuff is just kind of like, um, I've always loved horror films since I was a kid. So it is just kind of like, um, especially as I've gotten older, it was one of those things of like, I, I can't obsess over this stuff anymore. And then it just kind of was like, well, I, I love this stuff. I got to, you know, uh, and now I'm just back in it. And it's kind of, I, I don't know. I, 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 I love talking about it. Honestly, that's why I was like thrilled to talk about, uh, you know, I've talked to you about these films on here. It's, it's good. It's good. Word. This is, yeah, this is my kind of, these, these are the kind of films that I don't do nearly enough because I know that I love them. Hmm. Uh, but it is a hard thing to sell other people on. Um, That's the thing that I'm always like, oh, yeah, especially with, like, uh, the genre stuff. Horror is always the toughest thing I feel like I'm trying to sell in my friends in general and stuff. And I just, you know, it's like, because my fiancé and I just, we we eat this stuff up, like, you know, like nobody's, but we just love it, you know? We just kind of love seeing blood and guts and horror and stuff. But it is always, like, a weird think to step back and be like oh that's right normal people don't enjoy seeing this sort of thing it's not comfort food for them we're like i yeah. we sit down and it's like we watched martyrs the other day and, and we were just like yeah that's pretty good i like that a lot we're like it's i know a pe- casual film no it's not <laughs> but we were like oh yeah it's pretty good i like that oh yeah that's right. actually the only film that i've seen one time and really don't ever want to see again i don't feel like it that's the thing it's like i my tolerance for that kind of stuff is just kind of like it's you know i thought it was like pretty low you know what i mean like i was like i don't want to see torture blah 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 and then just like within the last oddly enough year i don't know how (laughs) why that happened but yeah within the last year i just my tolerance for just like yeah mayhem bring on the mayhem and all that like bring it on you know because you're pent up man we're yeah. all pissed off. There's nothing. To, there's nobody to take it out on. There's it's such a psychological problem. This whole COVID thing. Yeah. Where like there's nobody be nobody to be angry at. I mean, well, at this point, you know, you can be angry at like people super spreading and shit like that, and not wear masks. And that's a very immediate thing. But if you catch COVID and come down with it, it's really yeah. It's just a it's a head game. It's one big like panic attack. And I think the entire world's experiencing it one moment, like this exact moment. And so, yeah, everybody's feeling all pissed off and pent up because, like, there's nobody to be angry at. Who who made COVID? Like, everybody's trying to blame it on China, but it very might, very well might be just be a natural thing. Yeah. And then people get pissed off at nature, and it's like, yeah, well, it's nature. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, it's like, I, I, I accepted that, like, way in the beginning and stuff. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I think it is just kind of, like, seeing the world just kind of, like, really turn to shit in the last year and stuff and just kind of like everything that went down and all this just like life trauma and just like it just it 
it really did, I think, in a way, just I, I just got so numbed. You know, I really did. Yeah. It was just, knocked out rock bottom. <laughs> it was just such a intense, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, ugh, uh, uh. Or like, yeah, so then when it came to horror films, I was like, yeah, all right, I get it. Yeah, oh, okay. This is like a reprieve almost, and we could just sit down and enjoy, I don't know, just uh, another Gaspar Knowles kind of. Oh, so we rewatched like Climax, and it was like the first time we watched it together. It was, uh, I, I think we both had like a mild panic attack, and then you know, now we're like, oh, that was good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watched a movie, uh, that I'm probably gonna have to recover it. Um, I, I lost the file for it. I was supposed to release an episode for it with my older brother. Oh, um, although the file became corrupted because my audio face, uh, my audio interface, uh, went to shit, but it's called. It was a Turkish movie. Oh, was it a uh, Baskin? Baskin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real fucked up. That, yeah. So you guys watched it? Yeah, I've seen it. It's messed up. It's so it's. But that was like the first movie, like like it, during quarantine, where I was watching it, and I kind of paused it for a minute and was like, "Do I really want to do this?" So, like, if I die of COVID next week, I'm gonna be choking on my own throat, thinking about this movie do i want that i yeah do i want this to be tied to like the last thoughts that i might potentially have you know it's like 50 50 with me 50 50 in the sense that like oh yeah part of it does seem like a challenge sometimes or it's just like yeah fuck you this is the film you want to make let's go i'll watch your stupid film you know like let's you're trying to be provocative and kind of like all right all right i I'll, i'll take your challenge yeah throw the misery in my face like it's part that and part like I do I do enjoy like a something that is kind of like oh yeah like I want to push buttons you know like like a Lars Van Trier who's just kind of like in your face and sort of like this is what I'm ma- this is it like get ready like I'm put this this and this in your face so you know you're gonna have to deal with I don't know it's kind of yeah. like. It's part of the appeal of like a lot of um, B exploitation films in my mind too. Is just kind of like, yeah, they just kind of like they're obviously it's not in any good sort of taste or kind of like it's not trying to say anything greater with like a lot of the stuff being depicted in this or like it's trying to comment it on it in an interesting or tasteful way. But I do appreciate that it's out there as a like hey yeah like i don't know like i've watched street trash so many times like you ever seen street trash i haven't no it's a uh low budget it's basically that thing of like the filmmakers just kind of really went out of their way to make a film that's just kind of like oh yeah you know every offensive thing in the book we're gonna we're gonna put it in this movie and just kind of like you know unnerve you and it's like i you know necessarily is that is that movie good no but i do appreciate that it exists and it like it can challenge you and it's like there should be films that challenge you because otherwise like i don't know this gets kind of boring so one problem i have with um specifically exploitation uh and that i get worried about is like we all know it's not being tastefully done it's Hmm. shit it's 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 trash this is what we signed up for i i love like aspects that I like specifically about Galaxy of Terror are the artistic direction of it, um, like the special effects, because it's not CGI. It's like they literally. I, one thing is 
James Cameron put an electrical current through a severed arm to make maggots wiggle around because the maggots weren't wiggling. Like that kind of ingenuity. Yeah. Like you can just animate worms wiggling around or you can come up with that solution. And that is the kind of shit that I like really get attracted to with these movies. The shitty B movie subplots are are charming. But yeah, I'm there for the special effects. I'm there for like animal guts. They used real animal guts in this film, which I'm sure somebody has qualms with that. But but yeah, I I think that that shit's cool. And I like when you see it happening on this, like the the, there's the other the death with the, the psychic girl who gets like squeezed to death by wires. That's pretty cool. That shit's just fucked up. I love that. I love <laughs> like it's creative on a lot of different layers. Cause you can just say somebody got squeezed to death and seeing it is a totally different thing than me saying it. There's, there's no way to describe it that, that makes it work in quite the same way as like watching it and whatnot. But my problem though, generally with these kinds of movies, like B rate, a movies uh, is when they have uh rape scenes i don't even like saying the word rape because it's just like i know too much about the subject matter oh yeah it bugs me and uh yeah so in this movie at one point there is uh, a female actor or actress uh who comes into conflict with a giant worm yeah it's uh one of the most bizarre um uh rape scenes of uh i might even say of all time i don't really know another one well, actually, no, I where was rewatching. Was that? Like, where's, why did it? Okay, all right. Well, I thought. There's, there's when a I was, story. <laughs> yeah, when I was looking at it, like, as I was watching the movie, I was thinking, like, what the fuck is the motivation for a scene here? So I paused the movie, and I wrote down my own, my own little theory, hmm. where I was like, the only reason you would put something like this, which is starkly contrasting the entire film, like, breaking the entire atmosphere, everything, like, you're, you're sacrificing everything that you've set up so far in this movie for this specific scene, that tells you something. And what I thought was it's gotta be an investor thing where mm-hmm. the investors were like, you have to hit these bullet points. One of them has to be a gratuitous sex scene. And they, w- the, the backstory says that it didn't have to be a giant worm yep. or she didn't have to be covered. in so it didn't have to be that. It could have just been like, I don't know, psychic girl and mustache guy. hook it up. Could have been some, something simple. Roger Corman was like, yeah, let's just fucking do this, you know? And so they impromptu wrote the scene like they made it worse and more gratuitous. And then they filmed the whole thing. But one of the the concerns is that the actress that does that scene, she showed up on set and then she read the script. She was like, oh, hold up. Nudity. I wasn't told about nudity. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to do that. She kind of got like, you know, side side swipe by that. And then uh they said that she'd use a body double so or they, they like roger corman got like an a uh, complaint from uh, her um agent or something like that yeah and then he was told like you can't do a new scene with her so he was like okay fine we'll use a body double and then supposedly like i had to do a whole fuck ton of digging because there's so many different perspectives on this specific situation where some people say that it was strictly a body double other people say it's like 50 50 with her and then there's other accounts that are like she just, I don't know, she just went and did it. And then I heard uh, an interview with her, actually, where she, at one point at the end of the interview, she was like, yeah, at one point I was just kind of, I had a little bit of brandy. Mm-hmm. And next thing I knew, I was laying down under this thing. We were doing the scene. And I was like, well, that does not sound good. <laughs> you know? So it raises questions. Like, and I like, that was a different time where, like if you did, if there, if you were dealing with scuzzy fucking Hollywood pricks, then you would just kind of write it off like, oh yeah, that happened, Wh- whatever. It was, 
it just feels like there there was a lot of different perspectives that are around now that if, if if that were to happen or if it were to be more relevant like if if that were to happen like 20 years ago as opposed to like however the fuck long i don't know what is time well yeah i mean like let's be honest like if it were today if they were trying to make this movie today it would not be made it just is that thing of like it is just that kind of um i don't know it is of its time but at the same right it's like it he rent what's the word exactly it, it, it just is uh disgusting i i don't really know it's like it is like uh it is a disgusting kind of uh especially that time where it was really kind of um you know they were just really forcing a lot of actresses and stuff there was like just kind of clot it's interesting i saw a documentary about this too um it's on hulu right now called skin um and it just kind of covers all the decades of um nudity and film and it is a it's a it's a it's always a weird kind of uh 50 50 with anything where it's like half the people who participated in some of these scenes and stuff always say that like i was exploited i didn't want to do the scene you know like i you know i was forced to because of my contract and it's always really gross and it's like that's you get that like gross side of hollywood and then the others, the others are just kind of like, yeah, you know, it was a paycheck, and I got it. It was, it was all right. I didn't care, you know. And it's like there is always like, I think a balance of that. Uh, but with a situation like this, where it is just so weirdly cynical and just kind of like, well, we have to have it in the movie. We have to have some sort of nudity, and then just to kind of rope it up with like worm rape. It's real bizarre. Real bizarre shit. And I think they learned their lesson because, like, I think two years after this, uh, once again, Corman would, you know, reuse the same footage um, for all the space stuff uh, for in the Forbidden Planet movie. But they have a, a level of gratuity, a gratuitous nudity in that. But it's kind of just in the, like, oh, it's a shower scene. We're all in the shower and stuff. You know, it's very kind of like, we're just naked, but for no real reason. You know, we're just standing topless here, having a conversation with each other. Why? I don't know, because, like, women like to shower together. It's like, at least they kind of, like, I, I know, weird. yeah, they learned, like, yeah, I don't think people appreciate the worm rape. You know, there's probably a better way to kind of get that. But it's also just, like, with all those exploitation films, they always do kind of have that, like, threat of rape and stuff it's very tasteless it's very gross but it is like that is so weirdly part of the genre or like part of that world that it is it yeah. does kind of have its own subgenre of horror as well where it's like you know like the whole rape revenge subgenre which i i can't say i have any real affection for but it is like kind of like it it does show up everywhere where like you have like uh, last house on the left, and uh, what was it? I spit on your grave, and uh, I think like Wolf Hollow also had. But there's just so many of those where it's just like kind of like, oh yeah, the the main character gets raped, and then she goes on a murder rampage, and it's like kind of I don't know. It just Sister Sister comes to mind with one of those situations where did you did you say Sister part... Sister? <laughs> scissor Sister. Oh, Scissor Sister. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I don't. If Sister Sister had a rape revenge subplot, that would be pretty intense. But you know, I haven't <laughs> seen that show in forever. 
I actually don't know the show. So, Sister Sister? Oh, I'm old. Oh no. Ugh. Sorry, man. That's okay. Yeah. But there is something about like the danger of it that really shocks you. Like like when I used to go to Weirdo Wednesday and uh, mm-hmm. and watch you know these these <laughs> complete shit yeah. B films. Like I always knew I was I was gonna see something like kind of like the worm rape scene in this where it's like it kind of slaps you in the face. You're like, holy fuck, what am I watching here? Yeah, and that's a large appeal, probably even for me. So okay, all right. I think the people who like horror are probably like fucked up. Like something's happened. Like things have gone not gone right, and then like, man, I can't speak for you. I don't know you, but for oh, yeah, me. Sorry. Sorry, I was <laughs> for the listener. I was kind of like bobbing my head, like I don't know. I'm not that fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's what all the not fucked up people say. You know, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm mildly fucked up, but still, there's, there's an element I think that, like, when things go wrong, it's again that feeling of being like slapped in the. It's, it feels like like a bucket of cold water is thrown at your face. You're just like, what the fuck? And I feel like having felt that feeling in real life. Maybe I even identify with it a little bit. It, like people with PTSD, I know. Like mm-hmm. I'm from the people who have PTSD that I know that I've, I've talked through this with, they generally do like horror, which is interesting because they survive the events. Why would they want to revisit it? Mm-hmm. And I think because it it does tap into that part of your lizard brain that really freaks you out, and everything's so mundane and 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 disconnected that it kind of reminds you like that you're real in a way if you get exposed to like severe events through films i don't know that's my theory no and i think that's a sound theory i think it is that thing of that people don't appreciate with horror films is they do kind of touch upon because in my mind horror is like just drama except to the extreme where in most drama it is like about a conflict about I, i i don't know a lot of cases a lot of drama films deal with death and sometimes how they deal with death is either like, oh, they have something meaningful to say, or it's just kind of a backdrop. And it's not really like necessarily addressed in a adult manner. I think like the really great horror films always do address death in a way that's like, they, they get into darker subject matters that just other dramas don't do or don't do right. Sometimes like, uh, my my favorite example of this is uh so like two plot like uh ha- have you seen uh last last house on the left yeah okay not I, the remake but the original but the yeah. original yeah even though it's got that terrible soundtrack um is great is a great film and it really is about like revenge it's about like a family coming to terms with a horrible crime that's been perpetrated against you know their daughter who's been like you know raped and murdered and like it is like you know a husband and wife trying to kind of like, you know, get back at these guys who like did it. And they, they, they do very similar plot to uh death wish that came out the same year with Charles Bronson and stuff. Um, just, you know, literally like, you know, wife murdered daughter, you know, left for dead, blah, 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 goes out, finds a bunch of, you know, drug dealers, um, and starts shooting up a bunch of like, you know, street people, you know, so that's also kind of racist in its own way, uh, which yeah, whatever. Uh, not not yeah, whatever to racism, <laughs> when, but just like when you're yeah. watching B movies, you you do a whole lot of yeah, whatever work. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like that film deals with like 
oh, I've been wronged, you know, I gotta go out there and kill all these urban youth, you know, and it's like, bam, 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 I did it, I won. And that's this Death Wish, where it's like, last house on the left, they get their vengeance, they killed the gang, like these guys who murdered and raped their daughter, and they are still destroyed by the events. It's like this more real, like, literally they are, there's no redemption, it's not like a triumphant, like, we got vengeance for our daughter, we can go home. No, it's like, we just murdered three people in our house because our daughter got murdered and raped by these people. We, you know, what have we become? It's like, it is a, a darker kind of, like, reflection on, like, a real, like, yeah, hey, you, I don't know. It, it, just comparably, just those two, I just, it's like, it's same, very similar plots, but it's like, one of them has something a little bit deeper and a little bit more intense to say about, like, yeah, you got your vengeance, but what kind of life are you going to live now? You know, it's not yeah. really. Your life is still kind of destroyed, you know? And it's like, I love, I think horror does that, at least the good ones, you know, the good. Um, but then it's like, and I don't really want to throw around subjective things like that, because I still, I like, I, 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 I like Galaxy of Terror. I don't think it's a great film, but I do <laughs> enjoy it. It's like, there is a, like, oh, there's aspects of this thing I do enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll counter you on the Last House on the Left soundtrack. I think that that was a really good soundtrack for that movie because of how, like, it was really mundane music. It was really kind of like, oh, let's go down. If I'm remembering it right, there's a whole lot of, uh, like, acoustic jam songs going on in that one, right? Look, there there are those parts. There are the nice home parts where it's like, you know, kind of blah, 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 blah. But... Every time they fucking cut back to the cops and everything, they had this bizarre, wacky, kind of like almost slide whistle, like banjo music going on. That's just like, they're, they're, and the cops are just so bum. It's like they're Keystone cops or something like that. And it's just like they're bumbling and trying to like, we got to find out where these rapists are. Oh, where's my gun? And it's like, it's very, it's just so weirdly jarring. That's the one thing I, I really did enjoy that film. It really mashes your face in misery, but it's just those parts really just kind of take you out of it. Where it's like, oh, okay, I understand. There's, there's an art to this. Like, oh, all right, yeah, like this is very intense. I can't like, believe they just murdered that girl, and then you just cut back to the cops, and it's like, it just brings you out of it. And it's like, yeah. But I I feel with that because. Because it makes you remember that, like everybody's treating it as if as if it is just a Sunday. I guess that's true, but it is like, I I I think maybe cutting out the wacky kind of weird cartoon music for the cops. You know, just saying that. Just, I need to rewatch the film. It's been I, a while. Check so. out that. Just check out the cop scenes. Defund the cop scenes. Music. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> But that's another strong point of horror, too, because horror, the the biggest like key to unlock the door of like, oh, this isn't actually scary is the argument of like cops. And like if you're mm-hmm. writing horror in this current day and age, uh, one big thing like a hurdle to get over is cell phones. Everybody constantly has a cell phone in their hands. And I mean, me personally, especially when I'm writing stories, cell phones don't necessarily fix anything. There's a whole lot of. You gotta like you have to fight, and I've I've had conversations with the cops in like horrible situations where 
it feels like you're trying to fucking convince them to take it seriously. And mm-hmm. like, there was this one situation I got into where I literally just told the cop, like, just write the fucking report mm-hmm. and leave. Just write the, like, I need you to say that this set of events happened. That's all I fucking need you for as a testimony. Because yeah. the cops, they don't, they don't take shit seriously. It drives me fucking insane. And yeah, I, I like that's I when when you have things like Last House on the Left, like make the fucking country bumpkin asshole cops. It's it's important because yeah, like a lot of cops suck at the investigative part of things. You know, well, that's fair. And like I get that. It just I, I'll just say it just was so jarring hearing them. Trust me, it's just the one thing that just is like, what am I listening to right now? I, I it just it it's not even like I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, fuck the police. Uh, but to 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 dial back to like my my bigger point, I was trying to make I guess before I digressed. Uh, yeah, I just think horror does deal with a lot of dark subject matters that necessarily, you know, a lot of films try to attempt, but they can't, and they're they kind of just flounder a little bit. And it's like I do appreciate they, you know, they they delve right into it. You know, that uncomfortable. I don't think they would be that popular if they it wasn't for the fact that like uh there's so many of them people are fascinated by death i don't know in a way that we just don't necessarily talk about or really deal with in our day-to-day lives so it's like oh yeah we need to kind of exercise it by watching horrible uh, you know murder i don't know it's it's a fascinating thing well starting in like the late 70s there was a whole knee-jerk reaction uh to censorship where you started seeing things like uh, Bonnie and Clyde, where well they were was, trying to turn up the volume. On that violence. was sixty nine though. Um, Sorry. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonnie and Clyde was sixty nine. Which if you watch that now, it's it's. it's I, I I thought Same. it was gonna be bloodier, but it was pretty. You know, they had a lot of squibs. Um, it's always good. But yeah, I mean, in the in the same year, you had like the Wild Bunch too, and that is like. 10 times bloodier that is like they're literally like shooting up like whole armies of people in that and it's like nuts i love sam peckinpah but uh i think i fucked up my timelines the 60s yeah the late 60s they started like doing more violent stuff the 70s they started dipping their toes further into like you know violence and stuff and i think 80s is like the 70s was doing it for a reason to like fuck censorship and blah and the 80s just took it to a degree because the 70s did like a whole bunch of stuff. I think uh, Evil Dead was 79, right? Evil Dead was 81. 81, okay. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. These fucking beat films. Like Galaxy of Terror had like re-releases and, and shit and it always yeah, fucks yeah, yeah. with the goddamn actual release date. But either way, um, yeah, violence was like if by the 80s, by the time we get to like Galaxy of Terror, it feels like um, it's less cool when you have like the worm rape scene that is like it's supposed to be like like it's it has to be in there to fit the formula of the violent beef film yeah i mean like 80s in general once you get to that decade it is like you know it's a decade of excess you know it's all the like reaganomics kind of shit does kind of permeate the so you could definitely see that where it is just like that excess of like violence and stuff but it's weird because Porn- it is, pornographic in a word is is the word that comes to me yeah a lot of fake kind of like i don't know where the 70s is the decade of just kind of 
just it was like the time where like all the major studios were just kind of like ah fuck it we'll give it to like all these like film brats to like make these like hard challenging movies and stuff blah 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 and then like star wars is a huge hit we'll just keep doing that you know like let's do that instead of like any of these art films no one cares about taxi driver anymore we want uh jaws 2 you know it's just kind of like the 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 system just kind of changed at that point and it just became a thing of like excess but it's also weird because i don't know like i I, i'm a huge uh obviously huge horror guy but it is i i i've watched so many documentaries that talk about the npaa kind of like tearing at a certain part in the 80s like just kind of like defanging like a lot of 80s like violent like they were just kind of like slapping x-rated like you know uh nc-17 ratings and all like all this stuff on these films unless they took out this amount of blood and it's like it, it's weird where it's like you you could definitely see that in all the friday the 13th films and all those like slasher films but all these other movies just kind of like skirt it and just kind of get away like i was like thinking about that where it's like same year that um Jason Lives, Friday the 13th Part 6 came out. It's the same year that uh, RoboCop came out. And for whatever reason, it's like, oh yeah, you can show a guy being blown up by a thousand squibs and like melted by like toxic waste, but they were just all over you know, Friday the 13th. It was like, okay, you gotta cut cut that down. You can't show that, show that much blood. You, you can't show that, you know, we're gonna give an X rating if you have this like back crushing scene go on any longer and it's like, but I think it is just that thing of like, there is a bias against the genre on that weird way where it's like, yeah, that the RoboCop I would say is like 10 times more violent than um, Friday the 13th part six, you know, and they came out the same year, but that was the one that the MPAA was just kind of like, eh, nah, get, you know, this, uh, that's RoboCop. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Fuck, 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 like, fuck the rest of these guys, but yeah. specifically, fuck you. Yeah, we can make more toys with RoboCop, not... Yeah. Uh, what's this, Jason Voorhees? No, no, no. He doesn't get a cartoon. How can we make a cartoon series out of him? It's really fucked up that they that they went that way with RoboCop, being what it was, but... Yeah, I mean... Yeah, this movie, yeah. Galaxy of Terror, actually, um, it had its gripes with the X-rated versions, or being X-rated specifically because of the worm scene but there's other stupid things like they held it up because of the soundtrack at one point mm-hmm. like they're like i think the the scene where the girl is being crushed by the wires like she's being squeezed to death mm-hmm. um there were like bone breaking noises and they got an x rating because they had like you know some of the noises were like too realistic and they thought yeah. that you know kids would think it was too real so they had to redo the entire soundtrack and uh and yeah and so so the x rating totally fucked with this film too as as it did with a lot of films during that genre it's just sorry, so wild it, it just, i do find it wild because it is just like nowadays in an r-rated film you can just see fucking whatever you know what i mean they don't care it is like kind of like a weird i don't know like bone tomahawk came out in like 2015 and that was like one of the most intense you know mind you, that's not a horror film but it has like you've seen bone tomahawk right I haven't actually no. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. 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 Go see it, and you'll just be like, "Oh wow!" So they they really can just show whatever in an R rated. They you know nowadays you know 
but back then they were just it was this weird fear i don't know that is just also like i do think that is a little bit of that um conservative kind of attitude slash tradition you know with reagan it's all that thing of like oh let's bring back the moral traditions of the 1950s and stuff yeah american values let's make america great again uh and it's like i think that did kind of like flavor that whole decade for that where it's like oddly violent but the same right it's it's not it's like kind of holding back there's like it it's a, it's a weird decade for that. I always find it fascinating for that reason too, where it's just like, yeah, they just let a lot of this shit fly, but also not this. It never really made sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever I think of like modern examples, I, I used to teach a driver, a driver's ed. Um, so I'd be in the car and I'd pull the wheel from a fucking 16 year old mm. trying to drive me to a tree. But uh, I used to teach in the classroom. And I think one of the hardest things in the classroom you're trying to talk all these 16 year old kids out of making stupid decisions and, and killing themselves and their friends. And you do have to try to make it real, which I, I want to be a horror writer. So I was like, I'm fucking up to that challenge. Mm. Um, but at one point when like, I was like talking about like we, I showed this film called red asphalt, which shows like people literally in pieces in the road or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I did like, I stood up in front of the class. I was like, okay, let's have a, t- a conversation about it. Let's talk about it. And then, some kid in the back was like, I don't really care. And I was like, mm. that was a woman's leg. What the fuck? And he was like, yeah, but like everything's so violent on TV nowadays. I feel um, kind of desensitized. Yeah. He said desensitized. I was like, what the fuck? This kid. But when I think of stuff like current modern day, like like how the bar has been set, I think of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Where, yeah. In general, it's pretty violent, but the specific thing was, of course, have you, are you caught up on The Walking Dead? I haven't seen the newest news seasons because, like, I, I caught on, I think, around season three or four, where I was like, oh, this is just a soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of like, okay, cool, I get, all right, let's, I'm done. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Glenn, when Negan, there's a character named Negan, he comes yeah. around. I've also read uh, the comic books, so I'm like, it's, uh, okay. yeah, I don't want to be that nerd, but it is that thing of like, oh, yeah, I knew like, oh, this is going to happen. This guy's going to, uh, uh, uh. so like, I wasn't yeah. never really su- too surprised, but it is like, I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, that fucked with so many people. Like, it fucked with me because I hadn't read the comic books. I'm mm. still not even at that point in the comic books. I'm taking my time with it. But yeah, like there were I remember like reading like accounts from people like because it pissed everybody off. They were all like, this was the movie. This was the show that I watched with my family on Sunday nights and blah, blah, blah. And there was this kid that was bitching like. Like, I grew up watching The Walking Dead, like I started watching when I was like six years old and I've literally grown up with this character and I watched his fucking eyeballs pop out of his skull. Yeah. And like. I mean, yeah, like I watch so much horror that like it's it's a Passover. Like I'm like, oh yeah, that's fucked up. But there is a, a an amount like it's jarring the 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 level of detail and they they the sound of his like the bat smacking his skull. The reason that that sets like a certain bar for for me personally is because that's television. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's not even like HBO or some premium channel. It's it's AMC. Yeah, I I will say like I feel like. 
yeah i mean i think breaking bad definitely opened the door for that kind of tit where it's just like oh yeah we could just so show violent shit on tv now and people are cool with it like it is like it is weird where it is like just that slow erosion of just kind of like ah you know what what can you show me like you know where it's like i don't know years ago i don't think any of these shows could exist or it's like you know like uh the walking dead kind of got away with it for a while because it was like, I think the disconnect of like, Oh, they're murdering zombies and stuff. That's, that's fine. So like, they're technically already dead. So there's like this weird carte blanche to just kind of like, yeah, you can just do whatever fucked up thing you want to do to a body. You know, it's like, what, you know, it's like, and people just accepted it because it was like, I think video games did that too, where it just, they were so a zombie is so innocuous to kind of like whatever you want to like oh yeah you take a samurai sword you cut off the head it's, brain falls out it's fun you know it's like eh, whatever you know it's technically not a human life it's brain dead it's a zombie uh you know i don't know that's have like, you have you seen the sopranos yeah i love the sopranos i uh those that uh that's up there for like premiere tell but that's that once again that's like hbo there's like a paywall kind of thing yeah amc yeah it's that's the thing walking dead did kind of like it was bring it to yeah the masses to to the home where it's like every you could be watching i mean they have marathons on amc right now you could just watch like all the seasons they catch up for for season eight of walking dead with our you know seven season marathon that we're gonna be having until like the premiere and you could be watching it like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, uh, Glenn get his head bashed in, and it's just kind of like Jesus, you know. Yeah. It's just no one. Ca- it's like no one cares. It's just like, oh yeah, you know. what are you yeah. gonna do? Well, at the very least, like if people did give a shit at this point, they've like dealt with it, came to terms with it, and and yeah, that's how the standard got set. Yeah, for for that. So yeah, now I, yeah, things are just getting real, real messy. And I don't want to sound like you know like a censorship dude no, from the no, fucking no. 80s, but it's a little. That's so. As a writer, like, and and you you do a lot of shit too, like the the slanted hallway, yeah, yeah. Um, which is mostly it's it's comedy is the the general vibe I get from it. But when you're writing shit, especially for a genre like horror, there's like Stephen King has the two he the the set the the that is the you got this you got that he's got the dichotomy of horror where either you go for the psychological like the the thriller or you go for the gross out which glenn having his face bashed in would be the gross out you know like they went they leaned into the gore but nowadays like i find myself if i'm writing a story if i do want to lean into gore i it's not that i feel like it's tasteless it's just that it's been used so much that i don't think it adds to stories but then if you omit the gore so yeah this relates to galaxy of horror actually where the film, I think, would probably be better without the worm rape scene. I think that that one scene really knocks the the class of this film down like five tiers. But mm. the weird thing is that this film got an original release under the name, like a different name. It wasn't like Quest yeah, there's or some, something. There's some like, yeah, it's like it got re-released as like so many different things because it was like uh you know like it was being you know shown in italian theaters and that, that, that always happens which is like uh space galaxy uh horror you know like i, I don't know yeah. but yeah but um with the re-releases and stuff the, the one that got it to moderate successfulness of course was uh being called galaxy of horror 
And then they did this cool, like heavy metal kind of, uh, and by heavy metal, I mean like the art company, heavy, heavy metal or the magazine company. They did like a ma- ma- heavy metal kind of style cover for it, which people were like, oh yeah, that looks cooler. But the big thing is that it got a reputation for being the worm movie. Yeah. Like that worm movie. And like, so I feel like it was a shittier movie because of that scene. But it seems like the shock value of that scene might have, in the long run, saved this movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I I don't necessarily think... I, I, I don't know. I, I It's like, I'm not saying, like, the worm scene is integral to the film. Like, you could lose it and stuff, you know. Like, it's it's an intense film. But it is also, like, I do appreciate it being in there for the sole fact of, like... Yeah, they just kind of like had this crazy idea and they went for it. Be it like it's not alien taste at all. I find it like extremely tasteless. But at the same time, I appreciate like just that thing of like, well, they went for it. They tried it. They were like, okay, let's 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 do this kind of intense thing. Because otherwise, the film is also just kind of like a collection in my mind of just cool kills and stuff. Like, that's the other thing with horror that's always a big aspect of, like, you know, someone who has dabbled in uh, some prosthetics making and stuff. Like, me and Deanna, my fiancé, you know, have kind of, like, we've done some stuff. You know, we've made face casts and stuff like that. You know, we've kind of, we've dabbled in that world very little, but enough to the point that, like, I watch a film like this and I am kind of, like, I like sort of seeing the seams of kind of like, okay, how do they, how do they put that together? That's how I like, I watch a lot of horror films in general too, where I do appreciate the first viewing of like, okay, this is intent. That's an intense kill. That's an intense kill. But there is always that thing spinning in the back of my head about like, especially with eighties horror, how do they get that kill there? It's like, Okay, so I see the thing of, like, they reverse that shot, so, like, when the fake knife goes in the head, they're actually pulling the knife out, it's not going in, and they put it, you know, it's like, there's shit like that that I always love just kind of pulling over. And, and and that, for a film like this, it's like, you can see a lot of the seams and stuff, where it's like, okay, I can see the, you know, like, the arm, like, you know, the maggots and stuff, kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like, they're using a magnet to cut, or like using like electricity to kind of have the magnets kind of. Sorry, did I say magnets or maggots? I'm tired. Maggots, maggots. Yeah. They, they they they're using an electromagnet to, or not electromagnet. No, just it's electric. Yeah, they're using electricity to. They're plugging in the, the arm. Maggot. Yeah, there's a socket. Yeah. They plug the arm in. The 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 maggots move. It's beautiful. Um, it's but that's that's the, that's the shit that I always come back to with these films and just kind of like. Oh yeah, let's see how they made these worms and stuff. Let's see the seams, like because you can sort of see the seams. There's very, really bad exploitation films. You can always catch the seams in there, and it's always those are the ones I'm always I love seeing. Uh, you know, almost as much as like when you watch an Alien, and it's like, oh, this movie is seamless. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just so pristine and kind of like well lit, and they understood like we got to really shoot around a guy in a suit. Cause ultimately that's what this film is. It's a guy in a suit. How do we work around that? You know, to not really have it be a guy in a suit and they do it beautifully and you're invested in, in all that shit. And then, you know, there's these films, these like, you know, lesser sci-fi horror films where it's like, 
yeah, they didn't really light this scene properly, but I do appreciate it because it's like, look at that cool mask mask they got there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like I love that aspect of these films too. But yeah, from a writing standpoint though, when I when I am writing a story, I do think of that heavily where I'm like if like there's it seems like there's no right answer for horror at this point where yeah, if you go for the strictly psychological route, you run the risk of being too fucking boring. But then if you kind of indulge a little bit, it feels like, I don't know, cheap. Like it's been done. You you need yeah. to find a really good reason. Well, me and to my, murder somebody. Yeah, know? like me and my buddies, we did write like a horror film that we were trying to like hopefully get made someday. We have the whole script kind of like done. Um, and we we're kind of sh- we were shopping around for a little while. Um, but you know, like most things, it kind of peter out. But you know, but it was that thing of um, you know, we put the violence in there because it was like okay, yeah, this makes sense. Like it's. It's like that thing of like, yeah, you have violence in there, but do make it integral to your plot. Make it be, you know, not don't just kind of have a kill in there because, you know, well, it's a horror film. You got to have it be violent and gore. That's definitely always an aspect to think about where it's just like, oh, yeah, we should have some cool kill. But we did take a long time of like justifying why is he doing the killing? Why? Why are these murders going down? What is what is the point, you know, opposed to kind of just like, oh, just because you know, we didn't do that. We we took the time to kind of like, OK, so what, you know, he kills this person. So therefore this happened, you know, there, there is a lot. You got to just make the violence, especially if you're writing a horror thing, integral to your plot, because otherwise it's like it's just there. It's just kind of like that's just a kill. You know, that's why, I, you know, I love the Friday the 13th movies, but it is just kind of like for me a vehicle for let's just see some cool kills. Does it really pertain to the plot? Eh, you know, you're following these campers. That's also why, that's why I love those movies. Though, yeah, exactly. Because it's so uncomplicated. It's just, I don't want to say gore porn, but it's literally just something to turn on. You watch somebody get their head cut off and you're like, oh, that's cool. How'd they do that? You know, yeah. and then you look at like the, like you were saying with the wires, like yeah. the appeal to this kind of movie is that like everything's so fucking overcomplicated these days. Yeah. And that can really pay off. That can be really cool. And it's it's good that horror is being held to a higher standard in general so that you don't get so much pulp. I will say, we, yeah, 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 there was enough during the 80s. But but yeah, it's it's nice to go back to the 80s specifically because it didn't have to matter. Nobody had to give a shit. And so you don't have to give a shit. You can just turn it on and hang out, you know, drink a beer. Yeah, it just it's a nice. Yeah, it, for me, it just like those films are just kind of comfort junk food of like oh yeah you know you do just kind of turn off your brain and just enjoy like oh yeah just like oh you're gonna see a bunch of yeah a bunch of teenagers decide to go out in the woods like for camp to camp or for some reason i don't know why who cares like there's a maniac in the woods he's gonna get him i don't know it's like i appreciate those kind of you know like i appreciate watching that over you know i don't know (laughs) Okay, well, to to break entirely what we're saying, uh, I had to watch this with subtitles. Uh, I know, I mean, maybe like I had headphones on too, so that was weird. But um, and the dialogue is really quick and like one off, and it, as is the story with this entire film. Like, there, there's so many different subtle details that didn't, I don't think, like needed to be there and overcomplicated things for probably exactly the reason we were just talking about, where. Like there was a need after movies like Alien and Star Wars to yeah. try to justify what's going on with stupid one-off 
things, but yeah, uh, in the subtitles, at one point, uh, when a tentacle arm sticks to a guy's face and starts sucking, um, the subtitles read squelching. All right. <laughs> so that's described as squelching. The and it's the first time I think I've ever seen the word squelching written in a subtitle too. <laughs> so that yeah, well that's fun. It's pretty wacky. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, so many yeah. different variations of uh of ominous music, eerie music, threatening music, <laughs> terrifying music. Mm. These were all written on the screen. Yeah, and it's I I don't know if I would describe the score as it. Who did the score on this? Do you have that? Uh, it's somebody who like they literally did the score on this film and then they quit. They were done really? with movies or oh, something. Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. I didn't remember. I didn't remember their name. Didn't write it down. Yeah, because like I, yeah. I had that weird realization too of like um we were like literally just rewatching Alien the other day and uh, it's one of my favorite movie scores. Um, Jerry Goldsmith did it. And I was like, oh, that's so classy. It's such a great score. Then I realized, like, oh, yeah, right. He's just a 20th Century Fox, like, stable guy. You know, or, like, he's one of their, like, stable composers. Right? We'll just go to him for whatever. And it's like, he's just kind of done, like, a slew of just kind of like, oh, yeah. He did, like, Wolfen and, uh, oh, yeah, like, Leviathan. Which, you ever see that? I haven't seen Leviathan. Uh, Wolfen sounds familiar, but... It's an eighty. That's an eighty-one um, werewolf movie. That's pretty decent. Uh, but he also did like uh, I don't know. That's the thing. It's like he just kind of had that thing of like he did such prestige work. At least in my book, where it's like that is such a classy. Like oh, I love that. He also did Chinatown and stuff like that. It's like beautiful scores, and you know. <laughs> Then he'll just kind of like go and like, ah, you know, I'll just do Levi- uh, Leviathan to, I don't know. There's just something like kind of, I find very, I don't know, it's work. What am I judging? <laughs> Word. Yeah, get 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 your work in there, J- Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> He's dead now, so he can't. But, you know, good for you for doing all the Star Trek movies. <laughs> he composed all the music for that. He did Rambo. I don't know. He's up there for me. As far oh, shit, as yeah. top oh. movie composers of all time. I never give enough credit to soundtracks. Mm. Um, whenever I'm doing like reviews and stuff, it's it's something, it's something that I totally acknowledge is is very important because like you've got I don't know Star Wars and the Harry Potter films with that that big like a uh, orchestra kind of stuff like that definitely adds. Well, that's like yeah, John Williams kind of like uh, I mean he did like the epitome of like a Hollywood score. I don't know like. He's up there. Like, that's the thing. And it's like, you do get these other guys that do these kind of like memorable sort of Hollywood scores and stuff. Like, you know, Al, what was it? Alan Silvestri and like, uh, what's another one? Uh, Brad, uh, file, the guy who did the Terminator soundtrack. He just did all these other ones too. And, uh, I mean, Danny Elfman is the other one that always comes to mind where it's just memorable scores. But I don't know. Then you do get like the, there's the tool schools of thought on that where it's like yeah have something memorable so people are humming the tune when you leave the theater or you know you get like a john carpenter who's like a lot of my soundtracks that i compose are just supposed to be wallpaper they're wallpaper for you know it's something that is nice but you're not paying attention to it you know it doesn't i think i think of dario argento yeah a whole lot uh where his 
his scores are or like his music and his backgrounds are literally like a character in the story that's how crucial that those that the music is in his movies and then i think of movies like um real recent girl gets her head chopped off by a telephone pole oh hereditary um hereditary yeah 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 yeah. where there's pretty much next to no music and the only music that happens is at the end and it's this weird spiritual jovial sounding like ritual music yeah that's and like that's a kind of score where where that really makes like the the absence of of music definitely makes it unsettling and then when the the only time when it does use music it's such a horrifyingly juxtaposed sound so soundtrack matters like a fuck ton you know yeah and that's colin like steps in who does kind of like he's like the new horror guy he's doing like i think he did the soundtrack or sorry the score uh for uh what was it uh the lighthouse and uh color out of space like he's the go-to guy right now for like uh horror scores that are like unsettling kind of uh I don't know, like uh, music soundscapes and stuff with like a lot of uh, just a lot of trumpets and stuff like that. Someone described like the Alien soundtrack too recently. I was listening to a podcast where it's like it's something like, oh yeah, you don't really pay. There's no, there's barely any music and stuff. And it's like I was kind of bothered by that. But it's just like you know, like no, it's there. It's definitely there. It's 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 moving your mood and stuff, you know. But it is that thing of uh, I do it's an accent. Yeah, it's an accent. It's a subtle subtle little like it's like the the border around the edges it immerses you it brings you there more it's meant to to make things kind of glide a little more yeah yeah it's definitely like a um you you know it's it's there to kind of like exactly accent the action stuff i i get just a little it gets a little like much for me where it's like you do have like some films where the emotional impact of the scene really just weighs up like they they're relying on the music for you to feel something which you know is always a little like to, i mean like uh i i it's I, star wars or harry potter i mean like no nah, i mean those it's like i i i think more of like what what a lot of like what han like hans zimmer does with like uh christopher nolan where he kind of relies on a lot of like i don't know these very intense music moments and stuff to kind of like you should be feeling sad right now because the music's sad you know there's there's stuff like that that's very artificial i don't know i have issues with christopher nolan for that reason where it's like you know i have a hard time really caring about any of his characters emotionally and i i think he does too but you know i don't know it is what it is but uh that said like uh i do appreciate in horror where it's like it's memorable but yeah sometimes the best score is the one that just sort of accents the film and galaxy of terror i do kind of just sort of like yeah it is like just it's not the most memorable one of these scores so much as just like it is just that you know audio wallpaper that's kind of like okay yeah you're set in the mood let's go i'm in it 80 synth they go real wacky with the the synth yeah like real wacky and then yeah like i was saying about the squelching like the the sound effects they sound like squelching it was appropriate yeah i mean i think that the the sound effects were kind of cheap on this one for me i thought that they were really kind of like um i don't know soundboard like they just found it and used it you know yeah i mean uh yeah like the buying out uh, and hiring like a whole sound department 
you know, or not department, but you know, like, you know, to get some audio engineers and Foley guys together for your film, that's expensive. Okay. This is a Roger mm-hmm. Corman affair. We'll just kind of like, we'll <laughs> buy out some of like the, uh, the Kerman hunts, you know, like get the one with like, uh, get, get a Wilhelm scream in there. You know what I mean? Like get that cheap ass shit. Come on. You know, we're making this on the yeah. cheap. Oh, fun fact. I just remembered. What's his fucking name? Rod, Rod, Robert, Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert, Roger Ebert. Yeah, he likes this film. He gave it like a four point five stars. Yeah, he loves. Uh, he's he's a weird one. I, I, I uh, <laughs> he gave Spawn four star, like I think like three stars or something like that. Three and a half. I don't know. It's nuts what that guy liked. You know? Yeah. We didn't even really talk about the movie. Well, we've we've talked about like bullet points in the movie. Yeah, I don't really even think that the plot of the movie is worth like hyper analyzing. I did. I mean, like that's the thing. It's like this is like one of those. Um, I think it's a fun film to discuss for the like for the bigger the things around it, not necessarily the film itself. That's kind of why I picked it too. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is more of a interesting kind of touching stuff because it's like a lot of like there's fun ideas in there and it's like, "Oh yeah, the plot is like kind of cool, but I do just like the things that make up this, not the sum of the holes, but the many parts that make the whole, you know, that I found interest. Like, you know, like the the history of like Roger Corman and like why he was making like this film and all that, you know, like all the I mean, the, the the fucked up worm scene in general is kind of like a, a thing to discuss more than the actual, you know, plot. Because it is, it's it's pretty boilerplate. It's like, it, I, I, I don't know, like, if you want to just kind of just do a quick plot synopsis now that we're an hour and 30 minutes in. But it is just about a bunch of guys investigating a space pyramid that uh, literally is a alien space toy that preys upon your fear and if you have no fear you become a space god is that basically you become the, you become the master the master jedi Which they're all listening to the orders of the master just kind of blindly so that means that the master for some reason is allowed to control hordes of people why we don't know but and it's also a position that he can just the master can just hand off to somebody else. It's a it's a transferable position that doesn't have to be explained to the masses, like some kind of hive mind. You know what I mean? It's science. So, <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's psychic stuff, so it's not science. But the weird thing about psychic no, that's stuff science. is you know, it okay. could be a science. That's a science. Yeah. All right. But in any case, like yeah, yeah no. They it's... call it pseudoscience until they prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, no, it's all like it's Star Wars. It's it's the Star Wars aspect of the thing too, where it's just kind of like uh, space magic. You know, it's a it's like Dune in a lot of ways, like that too, where it's just kind of like oh, it's a psychic. Dune, Dune is a better example. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they were going for Dune. I think they were going for uh, you know, Star Wars ultimately. Like that, and that's the thing. It's like it is this weird. This whole film is like a weird intersection of like we want to have um alien meets star wars meets like uh horror i i don't it's like it's a weird like intersection of like all these ideas that don't necessarily work together but are an interesting mix that like you take moments of like oh yeah yeah that's yeah that's where i think the worm scene weakens that formula though i think that 
the the cross section of all these different things i think that they could all work together like having star wars with more gritty horror which star wars does have a lot of dark stuff happening in it because i rewatched it recently i was like oh shit that's that's actually pretty messed up like like uh i don't know luke's parents or sorry luke finding the the corpses of his uncles or sorry his, his aunt and uncle just kind of charred there yeah. like that's a kind of a weird thing to throw in and it's subtle enough where it's i i guess as we've been saying the word tasteful it's tastefully done so you can watch it with everybody and then the people that get it get it and the people that don't doesn't really matter it's an aesthetic movie yeah but yeah the, for me like if you make that a little darker and have you know somebody's face get ripped off every once in a while i think that that would be a really cool mix the only way that this movie fucks up is because of like the really unnecessarily pornographic scene and yeah, yeah like I, it's not it's not the boobs it's not like it's not, it's not the situation like I, each movie has their own thing I think that this movie really hits a sour note only because it doesn't know what it is. So it, it does all the subtle details that we're building, which in like one kind of movie, with, I guess what I'm really saying is that that's why this movie isn't timeless. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> like that's all- why it doesn't stack up to things like Star Wars and Alien, because it doesn't like Alien fucking took itself seriously. Yeah. Like it was what it was. Well, yeah. And it didn't need it didn't need like like uh, like Ripley, you know, getting naked and and like making out with the chick or whatever, you know, like. Didn't yeah, need it. I mean, it, well, that's also a tough one, too, because with like Alien, it was originally like a B movie, but it was like the, you know, like Ridley Scott and like the Brandywine people like that kind of elevated it. It became elevated sh- schlock and stuff. But Dan O'Bannon, when he wrote the thing, you know, Dan O'Bannon's like a like a schlock dude in general. He he was trying to kind of like do a B movie and stuff. So it is like that thing of like galaxy of terror isn't too far fat, like far off from the original vision of alien alien just kind of has like a lot of like enough set dressing slash, you know, they reworked the script enough to kind of like, Oh yeah, let's make these human characters. And that's the only issue with this film where it's just like, it isn't really that well realized of a world. It is more of a, you know, it's like it's a Corman film where it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, all the players are there and they got some care. It, it's a weird one. It's a very like, you know, you could see where they, uh, to your point, are attempting to have a bigger world and like have a story that they're trying to tell. But ultimately, it is kind of muddled by like, who are these people? I don't know. That guy is into crystals. Okay. That's Freddy Krueger. Oh, that's weird. There's just like, there's nobody where it's like, I can name all the characters from Aliens because they all have a personality and eat. There, there's something driving them that's like fascinating and interesting. But it's just like, this one, it just is like, I, yeah, I mean, it is just kind of uh, one dimension, like, let's just throw a bunch of people in space and murder them and kind of like, let's, I don't know, run with that. Uh, so I, and that's like why I think ultimately the worm scene, it, it bothers me. And I think it is like intensely disgusting, but it is also like, all right, they tried something to kind of like get people's attention. And it's like, all right, yeah, go. It's the only reason why this thing is kind of memorable. You know what I mean? In a weird way. Yeah, that's like literally the reason the people talk about the film. It's, it's exactly. It's kind of yeah. like it is that thing of uh, 
you know, unfortunately, where it's like, oh, yeah, they they kind of blew their load on this, like, you know, intense, like, we're going to shock you kind of. But that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if they even knew that if they had the foresight to kind of be like, yeah, this is we're, we're making this scene to shock or it really was just that like cynical of a thing of, yeah, we need nudity. I just have the worm rape a, a lady. I don't know. It's also just like there's just it 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 presupposes like all these weird questions too that you don't really necessarily want to think about. Where it's like, did somebody on the set was like, I have a worm thing. Let's maybe we get that in the movie. <laughs> let's make yeah. This let's worm. make a big worm room <laughs> to kind of like you know. Because, you know, everyone kind of, like, points out that, like, oh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. It's, like, he's very blatant about it. You know, he's very, like, I like feet. I don't know what to say. You know? But it's, like, yeah, you do kind of have to think about it with this, where it's just, like, it is very oddly specific. So, it's, I, you know, I wonder, I don't know. It's it's weird. Vore is a thing. Yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) we don't need to get in too deep into, like, you know, obviously, all the now internet communities. I mean, God bless them. At least it's like people can jo- like gather in these things in a safe space and just kind of like live out their fantasies instead of assaulting people. Yeah, yeah. Figure it out. I mean, I have no problem with Lola Bunny. You know, sparking. I, I don't know how many furries in the world. You know, that's that's. Hey, I don't. I think that's art. I think you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to tantalize. I don't know. Do what you're gonna do. You know, be your, like if we're learning anything from like the 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 2000s. I think. Yeah, except that be like yourself, it's okay man. to you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like I don't know when we can accept the uh, the shape of water as a best picture. It's kind of like oh okay. I guess we're just our tolerance for. I, I don't know, just whatever, yeah, you know, follow your fish, like, follow your bliss, fish it's like, yeah. <laughs> Such a bizarre thing. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly do, oh, sorry, I honestly do just think they gave that best picture because, I don't know, I do feel like the Academy was probably just like, you know, we probably should have gave them the Oscar for um, Pan's Labyrinth, but, uh, alright, let's just give it to him for this one, I don't know. I, I that's my suspicion. I don't know how the academy actually vote. I don't think they vote just kind of like favoritism whatever, but yeah, I don't know. It does kind of like I do have my suspicions that might be why or like cuz like uh, shape of water it's just like I don't necessarily think it's Guillermo del Toro's best film and it is weird that they gave it to that one over like A Pan's Labyrinth or um uh, uh, Devil's Backbone, or you know, some or a crumb. You know what I mean? It's like kind of. Do you think it was just a pandering gift? Like, because the movie got a little bit pandery. Yeah, with our, yeah. our current social movements and and stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it was an alright film. I, I thought that the the direction and the, the 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 design and all that stuff. I thought it was cool. Yeah. I also thought it was going to be a precursor to Hellboy in some way. Oh, yeah, yeah Abraham. Yeah. That's that was a weird like Guillermo del Toro. You did that, and then now you got this fish, dude. Kind of, he's got a fish thing. That's the thing. That's that's the other thing. It's just like you do kind of, you know. It's like, oh yeah, it reveals a little bit of like that. Oh yeah, Guillermo del Toro had a pervert thing going on with like the Gill Man from the original Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, like he discussed that and stuff. And it's just kind of like, 
all right, yeah, you're you're doing your, you know, I don't know. These filmmakers, man, they just want to put their weird sexual hangups. You know, they want to be like, no, it's art. See, you know. But are they wrong? God damn it! Are they wrong? In the, the for Guillermo del Toro in the you know Shape of Water, maybe not for uh, <laughs> Galaxy of Terror, the worm scene. Probably, probably, probably wrong on that. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. If you wanted to break it down, if it was a little bit more of a consensual scene, you know, I think that might be the bigger issue. But you know. Well, she did it to herself. Yeah, she didn't really I run don't, I don't think I should say that. Well, no, that's, yeah, it's, well. That'll be taken Jesus wrong. Christ. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it is like, uh, if we had to be honest, she could have gotten away from the giant non-moving worm prop. She just kind of backs into it. Doesn't really necessarily grab her. Is that the, you know what I mean? For For viewers, for viewers that haven't seen the movie, I just want to clarify that the end of the movie shows that everybody was eventually murdered yeah. by their own fear. Like the psychological manifestation, or sorry, the physical manifestation of their psychological terror. So she did get killed by the thing that she was most afraid of. A giant worm. Which is a very weirdly specific thing to be afraid of. But yeah, she did it to herself. And I say that, I know I'm trying thin ice. But... No, 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 no. But it's true. I, I, and when so, yeah. I'm saying she does it to herself, I'm referring to it. If you see the movie, you can see the non-articulate giant animatronic like puppet worm thing they put together, where she has to fake mime being grabbed by it because it just can't move that well. So that is on her. She could have actually gotten away <laughs> from it, but literally did like a, oh, it's got, see, it's got, oh no, it's got me. It, I don't want this to I happen. I don't. But the script says I have to get cat. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> I guess I'm a different actress though. No. no. Depending on which no. source, I'm a, I'm going to be a double in a second here. Yeah. If you're asking the legal team, it's a double. Yeah. If you're asking the investors, it's a okay. Yeah, it's it's her. <laughs> it's good to me. It's what yep. I paid for. Yep. Uh. Right, can I ask you a personal question? Go for it. So you chose this film, I imagine, because you like this film, right? Yeah. Do you identify with this film? Do you, do you have any specific character that you see yourself as as you're watching this film? Um, you know, I I like the film in the sense that like I like pulp. I like you know like I like exploitation. I I don't necessarily see myself in any of these characters. And I think it is just because it's a clinical thing of like, I like to just see a story kind of play out. I like to see like these characters kind of play around. I do have an affection for the film, but I do think it is because like, I kind of like, it just kind of reminds me of like, sometimes just picking up like a random one-off comic book and just kind of like, okay, let's see the story play out. And it's like, it's not a really well-written comic book, but the art is good enough. And you're just kind of like, all right, let's just follow these characters along. It's kind of cool. Like, oh, all right, you know, that scene's a little bizarre, you know, and it's kind of like you put it down. You're like, oh, I enjoyed that. I don't know. And it's like, that's ultimately what I feel with this, where it's like, I don't necessarily see myself as anyone, but if I had to, if I had to put myself into it, I'm definitely the glowing head man. Which, with the, the first glowing head the first man glo- or the second The master. Head? who is in charge of the universe. So if I had to put anybody 
I think that guy. I think you're dancing around it. I think you know what I'm getting at. Hmm. Am I? I think, I think, like, I was imagining as, as I was watching this movie, you share an awful lot of likeness <laughs> to uh, Edward Albert. Oh. Who is, who is the the fearless champion man who does the karate oh, fight Oh, yeah, because he's end. got a mustache. You've oh, got that's right. Mustache. I forgot about that. Well, no, not, he's got the black hair that's kind of tossed to the side. I think I was like, dude, that Will is totally like watching this film like, yeah, that's me. I'm fearless. Yeah, it's like I do uh, with the mustache and hair. I do kind of have like a 70s, 80s. Like, I don't know. I was watching like Tom Skerritt last night. Um while working and everything in Alien and just kind of, oh, yeah, that's right. The action hero could just be, like, a dude, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah. So it's, like, funny. The strong mustache. Yeah, just like, yeah. oh, yeah, you just have a mustache and just kind of, like, yeah, it is it is funny like that. But, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, I never really thought of, like, in those terms. It's like, I, because I, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a violent person. I don't, you know, it's like, you know, for someone who enjoys like uh, you know, so many horror films and stuff, I don't kind of weirdly put myself in them. I do kind of find myself like, or like, like participating in like, yeah, I wish I could kick ass like that. I'm always just kind of like, that was fun, you know. I like that kind of. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think there's actors that I look like sometimes. I'm like, oh, fuck. I look like that guy. Do you really feel... I I never... Yeah, it's an interesting... I think I just get more in the world. Like, when I'm, like, watching any of those, I I do kind of just think of, like, well, how am I in the world of that? Not so much as, like... Because that's that character, you know? I... I, Yeah, there's very... I don't know. Like, what's the film? Yeah. It's not... It's not, like, a personality thing. That's not what I'm getting at. Just, like... Oh, okay. Just a visual look. Okay, I get you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I was kind of, I was joking around with you about, like, do you ever imagine you're a big, strong, fearless man that karate fights his dead friends or and can take control of the Galactic Confederacy or whatever the fuck they... The well, that's the thing, though. Are. I already am all that, so why would I want to imagine that? That's why I was confused by your question. Well, I mean, if you already are all that, then wouldn't you identify with the, the coming up, the upcoming? No, because his mustache looked stupid. Let's just be honest. I was like watching it. I was laughing at it. It was like doesn't even look like he grooms it. Groom the shit every day. Are you when I remember? Are you to. insecure about your mustache in comparison to other people's mustaches? Or you rag on Dean Abbott? You're like fuck your mustache. It's stupid. It's terrible. I've noticed this as a trend. I want to make it clear. Uh, don't want to step on your dick. All right, this is your show. This is your show, man. That's cool. That's cool. I want to make it clear. I said in my writer. I don't talk about Dean Abbott on this thing. I don't talk about his stupid glued on. You can see the beard tape. He tapes it on. He's got this fake. It's also that other thing. You know, he's got like two kids and stuff. He's got two beautiful children. Oh, they're adorable. Everyone talks about his kids all the time. Oh, this is dumbass sets. They don't have mustaches. All right. I haven't seen those. Get... I. You know what? So where's I don't think he's got potent mustache jeans and stuff i think he's using rogaine i don't mean to go off on this tangent and everything but you put me on I, it i, I think personally he, i think he's got a very good looking mustache personally but it i will say i think it's all you got okay. steve harvey who has a perfectly good looking mustache right like at first he's, glance he's also filling it in but he's bald so i think 
Dean Dean Abbott's mustache is a little too good looking. Yeah, I think he fills go. it in. I think that, that mm-hmm. he draws on like the underlayers. You know, it's not yeah thick. with like with Cran. Yeah, he's just going <laughs> in there being like, oh, I'm a real man. I'm a firefighter. Ooh, oh golly, well, I like your mustache. I was just I'm just saying like if you're if you're insecure oh, about thank it, you. I just want to oh, let you know oh. it's a good mustache. Oh well, thank you, thank you. I I do appreciate that. You can cut all that stuff out about. Me talking about Dean Abbott, actually. It just cut out all the, you know, uh, uh, any bit we talk about Dean Abbott, just cut that out. No. (laughs) You're going to have to sue Uh me. I got my, I got my, I got my Muckville comedian, (laughs) you know. Oh, the fair use. Yes. Yeah. Everybody fighting everybody, you know, like he's got that animosity. He he tries to see like scene drama and exploit it. That's what I just got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Consider yourself <laughs> drawn like... out and exploited, fucker. <laughs> you got you got me. <laughs> I don't I thought we were talking about Galaxy of Terror. I didn't know we were gonna go into mustache yeah. politics. Well it's it's crucial to the film because that guy's mustache, which that yeah. guy has got a pretty good mustache. I didn't pause the film and look at it or anything, you know, but that's fair. And we didn't we didn't even talk about any of my charity work. How about your charity work? I really don't do any, but I'm looking for. <laughs> but you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't do charity work either. I don't do. Yeah, uh, I donated this, this one time when I was at the grocery store. I inserted my card to pay, and they were like, "Would you like to round up uh, the dollar amount so that we can give fifty cents to this this fund?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." That That's was pretty it. cool. Yeah, I've, it's I've the done only that. charity work. I've yeah. done that too. I've donated a dollar to the Red Cross. And mm-hmm. then I was told I shouldn't have done that. So, you know, we're all poor, though. So, like, <laughs> I mean, like, relatively speaking, like, we're not Elon Musk or fucking, you know what I mean? Jeff, Jeff, goddamn Bezos. Yeah. So, yeah. So if I you give a dollar. That's really big for yeah. us or for I, me. I don't know. About you. I don't want to speak. <laughs> You're rich. I, I donate when I can. And uh, and I am not rich. No, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, a I don't want to say starving artist, but I am a working illustrator. So it is kind of. That is, um, you know, hey, it's a, you know, it's a hustle for sure. But anything and I don't know, when you work for yourself is a hustle. I'm just saying a dollar, a dollar means a lot, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that can buy a lot of grains of rice. I mean, I don't, I don't think they sell the grains of rice by the dollar, though, unless you, where do you get your rice? Uh, Actually, a dollar would probably buy you a whole bag of rice down the street. Really? Like an Uncle yeah. Ben's or like a, I'm trying to think, like, where where do you get a dollar rice? Uh, Market Basket. Good place right. to go. It's where you get your uh, cheap. Now now I'm a, uh, <coughs> but, I'm a vegan, so oh, I have good authority, good authority on, on how much rice costs. Gotcha. I eat a lot gotcha. of rice. I mean, yeah. it's a great, yeah. I mean, <laughs> couldn't be farther from Galaxy of Terror, but rice is great. <laughs> Rice looks a lot like maggots in the yeah, right light. There's a maggot. And by the way, maggots are in Galaxy of Terror. So. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to double down on what you said earlier, and I think I think that this movie is a lot cooler because of the stuff surrounding it. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah, the, the movie itself. But that being said, if there was somebody completely uninitiated oh, yeah. to, to this film and like this kind of kind of film, would you suggest it? You know what? And that's the best question. Um, I'm going to say no. 
I don't recommend this. Like, I only recommend this movie if you are like, I'm down for something exploitative, something, you know, I've never seen before that's intense and stuff. That's only like, that's how I recommend this film. Like, you know, nice people I don't think should watch this movie. It's, it's, <laughs> it, I, I watch a lot of things like this too that is just like, I can't believe I watched that. I'm glad I'm alone in my house. I can't discuss this with anybody, but, you know, well, besides my fiance, who's always on board for this shit. That's also why I'm probably marrying her. Uh, <laughs> but it is just that thing of, uh, yeah, no, I, I have a hard time recommending this movie to anybody but, like, a weird cinephile or a guy who's into horror film or, you know, the the third type that's into certain things. <laughs> have you recommended it to anybody for that purpose the the third thing or the other two the third thing because <laughs> uh, we already covered me so you already I mean, recommended this down to me that's true i feel outed <laughs> that's fair that's fair uh yeah, yeah, yeah. i've recommended it to a few friends i'm not gonna give out names but you know not even like a first letter I'm being a little coy, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's just say, uh, uh, definitely not my, uh, not my mother, but my other mother. Well, I don't have another. I have a stepmother, <laughs> but she's not my real, mo- you know. Yeah. So that's so yeah. somebody blood blood related. Okay, all right. Mother, yeah. Another starts with an M. So maybe brother. Your brother? Do you have a brother? No, my bro- I do have a brother, but he wouldn't enjoy this film. He likes all the Halloween movies. I, re- I recommend those things for him. He likes slasher stuff, you know? This is too coded. I can't figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, my bad. It's my deductive skills. I gotta watch more Sherlock instead of Schlock. <laughs> schlock! Which this is, like, this is Schlock with a capital S, and that's... Yeah, if you if you dig that sort of thing, if you want to see like low budget schlock, check this out. I don't know, like if you dug like watching anything by like Canon Films or like if you like Roger Corman, check this film out as a completionist. But to a polite movie going public, like I don't know, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really gross movie. <laughs> Not even James Cameron fans. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Cameron head, you know check it out but if you're a cameron crow head don't check it out i think that it's really cool because when i learned it the 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 amount of involvement because he became a second unit director so kind of like a an add-on director yeah i just i was really shocked to find out that he was so involved in a movie that had worm sex you know like yeah but he also really cool like seeing his roots and how he worked up the, the through the production on that team and stuff. Mm. I think this like as a foundational film for a director, like if you're a film student that really likes James Cameron's work and like his, like what he's done and stuff, then figuring out how he got into the business, which is he worked on this shitty, you know, battle beyond the stars or something. Yeah. 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 And then he got noticed for that by other people who did shitty movies. And then they roped him into his stuff or their stuff. And then he worked his way up the set there. I think it's really cool to see that even though he's making movies like Avatar now, he understood that he needed to start it at like the bottom fucking level. And that's like, he went career path wise. He went from movies like fucking this movie 
all the way up to Avatar, which is probably still one of the most grossing movies of all fucking time, you know? Yeah, highest grossing. Well, actually, I think Endgame beat that, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the high bar. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I mean, like, he definitely, uh, but it's everyone who worked with, like, Corman. They all kind of started at the bottom, and they learned what they could. And, uh, well, that's the thing. That's the best stuff about uh, James Cameron's early work, uh, especially, like, Terminator is the fact that, like, he took everything he learned from working on a low-budget Roger Corman, like, film production and put it in the movie and kind of, like, streamlined and sort of, like, okay, I have, you know, it's, like, this amount of budget. We'll just, you know, we we don't have enough money for, per like, permits. Just, okay, if we shoot it like this, we can make it look good, you know. He had, like, enough wherewithal to kind of, like put that together which i i find admirable but it is like end of the day too it's just like oh yeah it, it i don't know i i but like i said i have some like love hate things with like uh james cameron where it just kind of like i you know like necessarily like i don't like aliens as much as like i like alien like everyone loves aliens and all that shit but it's like I think it's an ugly looking film and it's like, there's some things like some choices that he makes that are just kind of like real hit or miss and stuff you know like i like the abyss like i think he he does good work but i'm not, I'm not talking about like sucking the guy's dick or anything. no I'm no 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 like... but i i appreciate what you're saying where it's like it is a cool thing where it's like you do kind of get to see someone's the start of someone's career in this and that's like that's a lot of corman films where it's like oh yeah like uh joe dante uh, got to start working in this world too and stuff you know it, it's well, we got scorsese scorsese was yeah. one of those film school fucking nerds that um it seemed like he was pretty much like from the start destined to make like really great shit that was gonna yeah. leave in preference he had a vision but, but that it's kind of like comparing like as a writer if you compare yourself to stephen king that's a stupid well actually it's yeah. a good one because you you get the idea like i just want to write like stephen king yeah. But you don't pay respect to the fact that Stephen King worked his goddamn ass off writing and writing and being refused and whatever until until like his 30s or whatever. And he went to college for writing and all that stuff. So the whole time he's writing short stories, working his ass off, trying to refine his art. And then he's good enough to sell books like Carrie or The Shining or It or whatever. And in the same respect, like I don't need to I don't need to like James Cameron to respect the fact that he did climb a visible ladder if you're willing to look at it, you know? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like he definitely did all the right moves to kind of get to where he's, you know, where he had like a blue alien story in his heart that he wanted to tell someday, and then he he got there, which is like good for him. But it's like, yeah, you see all the, the climbing and stuff, and it's like, yeah, you know, I do appreciate that. Like, I do appreciate all his later films too, but I do find his earlier work the more interesting slash like creatively like, oh, he was really going for it here. Like he was firing in all cylinders to get this movie made. And like, then you look at his other films and it is kind of like, oh, T2, he's just trying to do all the stuff he couldn't do in Terminate. It's like once he kind of got big a lot of it was just kind of spent on like okay how do i do that again or i don't know 
Uh, and he's also a guy who just kind of like has a lot of his interests, honestly. Like the first film he ever directed before he got shit canned, I, I forget exactly why he got fired off the thing. Uh, I think it was Piranha, Piranha Two. He, he did Piranha Two, which As has a whole fucking bag of cats. I yeah, heard about that. Yeah. When I was investigating this movie where supposedly he wasn't fired until like production was done. He was fired like during post production or something. Yeah, something like that. But it has like the the opening of the film is the most James Cameron thing ever. They're like exploring a undersea sunken ship. And it's just kind of like, Oh yeah, that's just like, so, so, you know, his later work is all just that shit. It's like the abyss. And then like Titanic, a big proponent of that is just like, we got to go down to the wreckage and kind of like, I don't know. It's like, and the new avatar film too, that's coming out. Like this is a big part of it's going underwater. He's just got an underwater fetish. <laughs> He's a weird water man. I mentioned this in the last episode where it kind of sucks um, when you create stuff at a certain point, like you, you get worried that like, if you have a career that spans like, you know, decades or whatever, you're going to see consistencies. Yeah. And shit that repeats. So, yeah, like, I don't know, like how it does. It, like it drives the question, like, I mean, I think essentially what you've gotten to is he's sold out a lot uh, and he hasn't like refreshed. I don't think he's set list in a while. He's doing the same fucking jokes, you know? I, yeah, I get I don't I don't think he's sold out so much. It's just kind of like there is just a thing that he likes to do that he's just so confident at. And like he could do a good enough job of like telling it better than another guy. And it's like kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, like. To the point that, like, he did The Abyss in, like, 89, I think. And within that one year, there was, like, five other Abyss rip-off underwater adventure movies, like, slash, like, horror films. It's nuts how many people tried to rip off that movie. And I think it was because, like, people were, like, picking up on, like, oh, he's doing something a little different. Let's try and ape that, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Food for thought. I don't know. I, I do. I like. I like. I said at the beginning of the episode. I just have this association with James Cameron, where I think he sucks. Yeah. I and it's because of like the mass production. And I. I, I mean, somebody will fucking hate me for this, but uh, I feel similarly a little bit. I think it's not Percy Jackson. His fucking name. Lord of the Rings. Oh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, yeah. I, I feel like he's he's hit a certain point where he had some pretty humble beginnings. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he, when he gets hired for a film series or for a film, it does feel like it's it's got a big budget sheen because he's proven himself. And Lord of the Rings is where he fucking proved it. He did a great job. I can't... I don't really have any strong evidence for that, but, but mm -hmm. for some reason, my brain has a strong link between James Cameron and... Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I that's how quickly it goes away it's from okay. me. We're, yeah we're <laughs> i know yeah. I, I i i'm starting to fade here too <laughs> like my brain is oh that's so such mush now oh yep one last fun fact about um aliens you mentioned aliens which was by james cameron mm. so this film galaxy of terror was apparently robert roger corman <laughs> was supposed to make like he was supposed to be in the in the talks for alien so he was supposed to work on alien that's this is what i heard through oh, wow. the grapevine of the internet but uh somehow got curtailed out of that and got fucking pushed out of the deal and he got pissed off about that 
and he really wanted to make an alien movie, which is part of the inspiration for this film, hmm. Galaxy of Terror. I think it's interesting, though. Everybody writes it off as a just a straight up ripoff. But contextually speaking, there was a huge lawsuit where Alien was claimed to be by Fox a not profitable film. And so there was a whole rigmarole with funding or whatever. So essentially, Fox said no to a sequel to Alien. So they were like, fuck this. We don't want to do this. And that's the, I mean, you got the original release of Alien, and then the next one comes like, it was like 10 years later or something? Yeah, considerably later. I mean, yeah, I mean, like 80, it, 79 to 86. It is kind of like, yeah. yeah. So it's Almost a weird a delay yeah. in the money making machine. So that gives me like like the idea, like, okay, I didn't just read some shit that some guys do like to run out there. But, but with these film sets, there's so many different fucking side stories. But anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this film, I think it's a pretty accurate some summation or, or or assumption to say that the captain of the ship who was the survivor of the her herculean massacre or whatever oh yeah 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 yeah. her story was weirdly like i feel like roger corman made this to be kind of a spiritual successor to kind of like tap into people's like what they want to see like they're like mm. they're thirsting for a sequel to alien but the 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 business the corporate like they won't allow a second alien to come out so fill that void with this throwaway plot yeah i think that that might be one of the inspirations for first off like the the alien ripoff ish like there was a market for it because it was yeah. an itch that wasn't being scratched and then they used her the the captain of the ship who was the survivor of the last alien attack to kind of like you know get into people's like scratch that that itch hmm. that's fascinating yeah, I also thought it was funny though that they blew her up. <laughs> like, oh thing. yeah, I mean, you have to have a head explode. You gotta have these explosions. You gotta have somebody needs to blow up. You know, for me, it felt like a nice slight though. Like it felt like it was fucking with your expectations, where you feel like because of her backstory, she's gonna be the survivor, and she's gonna be the next, you know, Ripley. But in the end, like they're just like, yeah, fuck her, just blow her up. You know, so. You, yeah. you like it fucks with your expectations. You want to see that. You want to see her succeed, and then all of a sudden she gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, I I think once again that speaks to just kind of like the low budget essence of what this thing is. Of just kind of like yeah, we have these ideas. You know, I didn't know about the uh, the Corman aliens thing. That's kind of like fascinating in its own right. I mean him getting his hands i don't know if it, yeah because i also do know that thing of uh that's that shitty thing like a lot of studios will do i, I speaking of peter peter jackson i i think he had to like sue to get a bunch of like the money made up made out uh from those films because like uh you know a, a thing that like a, a general practice studios will do will just be like look you know if your film's a hit they'll be like yeah you know we we didn't really make that much money and it's like what are you talking about this is lord of the rings is one of the highest grossing movies of all time now and they're like yeah you know with marketing you really uh you know we didn't come around so then you have to and that's that thing of like when you, when you work in hollywood and you make those but you have to have an, a lawyer that's gonna help you out and like sue the studios for your right amount of money. It's, you know, it's general practice apparently, which is always a, uh, not so kind of thing, but 
I don't know. Like, uh, you got Star Wars with the Star Wars novelizations. Or no, sorry, Aliens. The Alien yeah, novelization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, same movie. It, it's a yeah. It's it's a weird. All that legal stuff is always kind of weird. I do feel like I'm glad they waited. Um, I don't know why exactly either, though. That is a fascinating. Uh, I don't know. It. I think once again, it's a rights thing slash also. I mean, they took their time with the story. I mean, James Cameron did write out a fair. Well, I don't know. Ultimately, Aliens is just a reboot, essentially, of the first Alien movie in a lot of ways. It's a sequel, but it is like oddly enough, just kind of like okay, we're going to take all these moments and just kind of redo them, essentially. You know, from beginning to end. I don't know. Eh, eh. I'm being a little cynical now, but that said, like. Uh, yeah, no, it is it is fascinating where it's like the existence of this thing. Yeah. All right, well we fucked it to death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you, okay. Do you do you think that she died from the orgasm or okay. do you think that she died? All right. Do you think that she died because the worm came and fell asleep on top of her? I think All right. <laughs> we don't have to we don't have to answer. This is it. a little crass. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Let's just be honest. I think her internal organs were destroyed. I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know. It was really rough. Uh. Okay, but by what <laughs> was it? Was uh, it from the worm dick, or was it from the worm ejaculate? Well, so was we, it? Was uh, it the the initial? Like, is it the object or the explosion afterwards? I don't know, man. I think it just. I this is like also like now we're getting. Uh, I didn't mean to be a blushing bride, but it just like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like some large worm part. Because I think it's like she, it's, it's definitely assaulting her sexually. But I also always thought it was like melting her. I don't know. It's weird. She did look awfully melty. She yeah. looks like she covered in um. It's like, know, that, like acid. It's like that part from uh from Beyond where like uh, uh Je- Jeffrey Combs gets his like face melted by worm acid. That's also another worm movie. You want to check that out? Um, but it's like, he's <laughs> like this one, then no, <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, well, no, from beyond is actually a, a, a great, uh, Stuart Gordon film. If you like the movies of Stuart Gordon, definitely check it out. But, uh, they, they have a worm in there where it like melts Jeffrey Combs face a little, it's awesome. Uh, but that's, that's not sexual so much. It's just like, it was trying to eat him. So, you know, there's that. So that's a good, if you're looking for good portrayals of like worms in cinema, check out that one. So like, check uh, out from like yeah, like, like you got the, the space, space bastard. I feel like Han Solo, uh, what's his name? Chewbacca. Star Lord. Oh, Star Lord. They're, they're like the, the good space guys. Yeah. Good, good space bastard. So they, they're like the good space worms of of yeah. the worm territory if we have to put a term Whereas on this it one's a bad one yeah this is like uh you know this isn't a, a good portrayal of giant space worms in cinema i'll just say it you know i think it's uh it dirty i think it's a dated kind of thing at um admittedly i think space worms you know have done so much i i think for society and so and i think it's like this portrayal is like reductive it's disgusting. They deserve a better light. Yeah, it's just kind of like you know, because like the space, like the space worm, and from beyond, it's just doing his job. He's just trying to eat a human. You know what I mean? You gotta. This one, not so much. It's just kind of like you know, 
And it's gross. Plays, it's, plays with its food. Yeah. Not, that's <laughs> not good. Holy vey. Um yeah, I I think I've said enough in pa- in previous episodes to know like I I'm an a- I can make these jokes and and we all know I'm not I'm not that callous about yeah, no, you I, I know you're joking. It's all good. <laughs> we're joking everybody. It's all, you know, we're having fun. A couple of jokesters. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's have fun over a horrible yeah. fictional thing. <laughs> So we fucked it. It's fucked. It's done. It's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we killed Galaxy of Terror. Murdered it. Yeah. It's we gone. are. We are now its worst fear. Yeah. Personified. Sure. I'm the space <laughs> man now. He is he, glowing you were, head you, master. You told me you always were. Yeah. 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 The fuck. <laughs> I don't know. All I, right. I, we, now we both are. But I he's guess the so. master though. I, Are we I both the masters? you're the both the ma- I I'm yeah, I'm the master, you're the master. I'm going to get in my Corvette and drive up, but you're the master of Space Mountain now, you know. That's how the movie as ends. As, as long as you say it cuz I mean that means that this entire episode has been one arc where we start off with you stepping on my goddamn dick. Yeah. And now we have ended with you stepping off of my dick and conceding and agreeing that we're both the space masters, you know? Hey, baby, that's love. Hey, oh, we're in love now. We're space. We're space king and queen. Uh, and queen, I, I, queen. I don't think that's what I meant, but yeah, all right, sure. I'll. I'll you I'll, got the, I'll the Freddie Mercury mustache, so you're the you're queen. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and I'm the king. God damn it, space right. king. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm Kyle. I, I'm Will Potterworth, and this has been not film school. Whoa. Yeah.